records that make you who you are. So, uh, hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode fif- 15. I think, I think that's so. 15. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Eventually, right. I'll, eventually, I get the I'll get the number right. So, uh, today we're doing one of those like uh, fun one-offs um, that I guess sometimes we do, like the Cool Keith one or the Matt Pryor one, where we just like go to a location right. and sometimes exotic locations. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes like Parker joins us. Sometimes Langan joins. But today yeah. uh, we have Brian Langan. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, to my right, I have uh, Jason Lebrano from Iron Cheek. Hey, what's up? Yeah, and uh, we're in the we're in Dead Broke headquarters uh, with the head honcho himself, Mike Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> what's going what's on? What's going on? Hey, um, you want to just get closer to this? So sure. I, I don't want to miss any word. Every time I drive to Holbrook, I used to live here for. Oh, what, can I say that? I don't want to blow up the spot here. <laughs> a- anytime I come here, I drive by Joe's Pizzeria, and I, I remember this one fucking story. Um, I was getting pizza. And it was in my reckless days when I used to leave my Eat car pizza. running. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to leave my car running. So um, I left it running, and I guess Momo's had just opened. Shout out to Greg oh, Hatch. <laughs> um, so I went and got pizza, and my car was running. And then when I came out, my car was gone. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, this is weird. And then there was like two people like dry humping and making out next to a car. And they were like, yo, you looking for your car? And I was like, yeah. They're like, it's over there. And somebody, I guess somebody got in the car and drove it to the end of the parking lot. And then I got my car because my my 160 gig iPod was in there. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. This was before Spotify. I was like, man, if that thing's gone, I'm going to kill myself. But there it was. My car was running. Still, the iPod wasn't there. He's fucking with you. I guess so. Yeah, I guess yeah. like it was just like, you know, people are like, move this car because we're drunk and this is cool. You can leave the car running, but you got to take the music with you. I I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. And I just every time I drive by, I just remember, you know, one day I'm going to catch. <laughs> My car was almost stolen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, like technically like, stolen. That's yes. like the worst feeling ever. Yeah. Did you guys ever get any cars stolen? No. Not and then so far on tour, is, no, isn't that no, like, like on tour, that has to be like the worst, like those stories that you hear? Yeah. Oh yeah, it happens to friends or... of ours all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we have like an alarm and a lock and stuff, so people tell us our van is like New York as fuck or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we've been really lucky so yeah. far. That That is like, I can't, like I always see... You know, like a GoFundMe, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's a good GoFundMe. Yeah, I feel fucking it's terrible. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, the guy from Hot Snakes just lost his guitar. It got stolen, and somehow it was returned to him. Oh, wow. I saw that John Reeves. Yeah, right? yeah. How the fuck does that even happen? That happened to the guy from Machine Head. He got Head it back too. though. He got it back. How does like? Did he call Mr. Wolf? Somebody <laughs> stole Rob Flynn from Machine Head's guitar. Yeah. Years later, got it back. Oh, somehow. That's weird. Yeah. It wasn't Phil on Selma? <laughs> he needed it. He needed the money. Yeah. So. Uh, I know that they had a little beef. So, but anyway, uh, so we're hanging out here. Thank you for meeting with us. I know that uh, our schedules, like, that's why we're doing it. It doesn't matter when you're listening to it. So. Right. I don't know if you listen to the show, but we all, like, basically the DNA that binds us all together is like music and movies. So that's kind of what we focus on and stuff um i know that you're in the band iron cheek just want to i know you guys 
are on side one now, right? Side one dummy. Yep. 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 How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, our friend Jeff Rosenstock oh. kind of helped out with that. Like just after we did the last record, I thought maybe we'll look around for someone else. And what happened with Bridge Nine then? Uh, nothing really bad in particular. Just like looking for something different. Uh, they were good to us, you know. We we did the one record with them, and it was cool. But uh, also, the the guy that we dealt with there left like halfway through, so it was like, you know, the guy who we had like a real relationship with and dealt with all the time, like left, and then just kind of never like got a new guy. Did you get like an option to do another record, or was it just kind of like, an option? We did have one, yeah. But it was like a mutual thing, you know, obviously, you know, they they wanted to do the record and, you know, we parted ways and good terms and everything like that. But we just wanted to try and see if there was anybody else that yeah. maybe, you and, know. It went, and side one was like like uh, something that you wanted to go to or just kind of like felt? Yeah, I mean, we like pretty much reached out. I reached out to like side one, fat and epitaph and... Heard back from all of them, but Side One was really excited and really wanted to do it right off the bat. And uh, since then, they've been really great and supportive. You know, we signed the contract uh, probably like two years ago by now. We've taken a long time to make the record, but, you know, a lot has happened yeah. in the band and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what, would, what would 13-year-old Mike think if you signed to Fat Records? <laughs> He'd probably be a lot more excited than 33-year-old Mike, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Just to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the side one, like, roster. And and speaking of Jeff Rosenstock, goddamn, those two solo records he released, like, I wasn't, like, it's not that I didn't like the other bands, but I loved his band Kudro, which was kind of like a yeah, side yeah, thing, yeah. right? With, because they were, uh, our friend Mike Campbell, who was in Latterman, too, And actually, Dave... Yeah. Dave Garwacki. Dave, yeah. if in case, like if you make it, if right? you make it, Dave. Yeah, he it, played. He actually in one of the first LPs I released, he was the drummer. His band Halo Fauna. Yeah, yeah he's. I known him for a long time. Yeah, Kudra was great. I, I got to see them a couple times. Yeah. They they had like an Archers of Loaf type feel yeah, to them, right? Yeah, I think they had like two EPs or something, but it was it was good. I really dug it. So, um, I remember going to see Bomb because they played with Das Racist. So I was like, I'm going to go see Das Racist. And then I saw Bomb, and I was like, yeah, hey, this is cool. But it wasn't till, um that first solo record and then listening to uh, Nausea and those songs and just thinking like, okay, this is like the perfect marriage of like Pinkerton's Weezer with like Neutral Milk Hotel. His songwriting is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's kind of a machine, and he's like just keeps getting better with yeah. age, I think. Yeah, Very like prolific. You know, he's always like releasing record, like worry. I didn't even think he was going to come out with a record. So it's awesome that, that he helped you out. Um, and so once you hit a label, cause you figure the first record, not, not like this, right. That was the name yeah. of it. That was on your label, dead broke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then from there, like what made you go to bridge nine? Uh, well I have like, even before I was in the band, I released the demo from 2008 and then another <laughs> EP, like the shitty Rambo EP. Yes. And uh, and then 2010s when Not Like This came out, that was the first record that I played on. And, uh, you know, we all pretty much wanted to do the record on Dead Brook. I know Rob and Phil in particular were, like, pushing to do it. But I was just trying to think of the best way to kind of further the band and, and get a little more serious with it. And, like, let's poke around and see if there's a label that, you know, would be interested in doing it. Because I think 
you know, it would be great for the label if I would have done the second record, but I had to like, because I was in the band, kind of think outside that and be like, okay, well, what's best for the band? Yeah, right yeah. Now? if you weren't in the band, you definitely would have pushed this. I would have definitely pushed harder to, t- to get that record. Yeah. So. <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully so. Because the first record did pretty da- damn well from, I mean, I don't know numbers, but I mean, like, you guys did a whole bunch of pressings of it. Yeah, I've done eight. And there's like, like in- internationally, nice. Internationally, there's like another three or four. I think like with CDs and LPs and everything, it's like almost ten thousand copies at this point. That's fucking yeah. awesome. So it's it That's worked so out for cool. me too, you know, because like I was still, you know, I think when not like this came out was when Dead Broke like really started to get serious for me. Yeah, and you know, to this day, that record has put out. Probably seventy percent of the records I release a year, you know, yeah. the money from that. You just need that one, that one big one, you know. Yeah. But it, w- what helps is it does bring like that ear and that eye to the label, because there's a lot of records that you release, and you know, when, when it goes for any label, you know, they might slip through the cracks because it's like, oh, I don't, I've never heard of this band, but through right. Iron Sheik, people are like, oh, let me look. And we were talking about Spotify. You can make those playlists. You right. know, and right. and that's like, like remember like the old Punkarama CDs and all those comp CDs. Like I feel like that's almost like the way to do it now, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I I definitely say that hands down, not like this will probably maybe forever be like the most important record I ever did. Yeah, which is even cooler that it's like my own band too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 definitely. And and like you said, I f- I forget that you joined later on so then from there like uh the, uh, the, the constant one right i'm so terrible with mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. with that um yeah so so then you do that I, I feel like that was also really well received and i feel like bridge nine probably you know got a lot of shine off that too you know I oh feel yeah like- it definitely helped the band and like as i was learning with the label too i realized like not only was it you know good for the band to do a record on a bigger label but it helped my label too because it helped the whole back catalog grow. You know yeah. what I mean? So like it was great for everyone. It, I think it did really well and they did their job on it. Did you notice like w- when you toured like let's say West Coast or like even like in Europe that like by the second record people were definitely like coming around and getting it? Oh and- yeah, the shows were, you know, like double. Yeah. You know, I'd see every, I mean every time we put out a record and go back out it, the shows get a little bigger and that's that's like you know that was a big jump yeah for sure that's the blueprint though you know everyone everyone says like when you go on tour it's like you know you play to 10 you know and then the next show hopefully those 10 will tell people yeah yeah. Yeah. and then from there they tell you know so what kind of lengths tours you guys do on the average uh i mean usually it's like we were doing like album tours like well i mean the last record we did like seven weeks or something but i mean at this point it's probably like between two weeks to four weeks Mm -hmm. we've been getting into like the two week stints to just uh tread a lot of ground and try and do more um but yeah anywhere between two to four weeks and you guys are like situated now like um where almost this is your main job uh, pretty much. I mean, I have sure. like, yeah, I mean, I have like three, we still all work, you know, I have three jobs between the label and bar backing and doing the band, you know? Yeah. But like, you know, let's say, which I, I don't see how this record on side one, like once it kicks in, like, I feel like, 
you know, you guys are going to make a video. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is, this is going to be it. I mean, that's what we're hoping for, I, agree, I guess. You know, but yeah. I yeah. Hope, I hope so. Yeah. You know? Why haven't you guys made a video? Everyone needs a video. I don't know. I, it's a, it's like this weird thing we just never did. We just kind of like all hands lazy, I guess. <laughs> lazy. Yeah. We had like a couple of like close calls with the last record, but then like by the time, you know, it was like. This record's been out for four years. Like, there's no point in making a yeah. video now. <laughs> right. When the record came out, we were just kind of concentrated on playing right. as much as we could for it. So we kind of, like, shelved it and never got around to it. But we are doing it for this record. We've yeah. been talking about it. It's going to happen. Do you have the song already picked out? Yeah. 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 Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Um, I think, for me, just in general, I think videos are super important. Um you know, if you're in a band that people give a shit about, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the fact, like, let's say Metallica did every video for, for like every song on their new record. Yeah. I think just visually it's cool. You know, like you're sitting here, you know, watching TV and you put video on for, for all those songs. And it, it just, it's a nice, like, uh, just like a nice visual to push the record. Yeah. yeah. I compliment think, the music. You yeah. Know? I yeah, think sometimes right. nowadays too, it's even, more digested than someone listening to a whole album like I feel like if you have a really good video you'll get even more hits on it than you will plays on your entire album you know what I mean it's like it's pretty important nowadays and a lot of bands do it but when you have a good video it's well there's also the added fact that if it's an interesting video like people will watch like there's plenty of videos that I've watched where I don't care about the song or don't like the song because it's a cool video and you know like just to see like the visuals or whatever, so you well, definitely get people that wouldn't even be close to interested in it. Like, yeah, yeah there's times where that. there's times where I watch a video and I'm like, like anytime I I watch like a Dantward video, I'm thinking like, yeah. would I care about this if I was sitting in my car? If there was no visual, no. yeah, no, I feel the same way about that. Thing. You know. Maybe if I saw them live, it would be cool. And if I was I've like, I've been listening for up. a while, and I'm still not sure if I really like them. Sure, yeah. I don't know. It's but an enigma to me. But they're it, but would they even be as popular if they never had a video? No, no, they, no, they, no not at all. Yeah. No, that, that broke ninja them video. Over. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But they're a very so they're visual like a perfect band. example. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You can't see his Casper with a giant dick tattoo. It's not in the video. <laughs> Plus, I mean, we talk about Spotify, but YouTube is essentially, you know, a custom-made radio station for yourself. A lot of people just... Oh, yeah, a lot of people. Get, listen to their music on YouTube alone. And it's you free, know, so... At work and whatever, yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, when people, you know, I guess maybe knock Spotify, I'm thinking, like, well, YouTube is free, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, I've noticed even on, like, like if I'm sharing something with a friend, they might not have Spotify. Yes. I'm like, yo, check out this, and everyone clicks the play on YouTube. I know many people with no, with no data plan, so that's even yeah. worse. They're like, no, I can't... <laughs> I gotta wait till I hit my Wi-Fi because uh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. over. They're still like <laughs> kicking it like 1999 style. So I always said to myself, I'm like, man, you know, because here we are, like my band, like no, you know, non-existent, making lyric videos. I'm like, the balls on us. Like, who even gives a shit, you know? And my cousin makes them for us. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. And he's a fucking cop, which is even like the funniest. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's at NYPD. Yo, shout out to him wherever he's he's in Harlem somewhere right now. So um, I feel like a band that has you know like a audience and following behind it. I think I think it's gonna be. 
pretty big. So who's uh, are you writing like the concept to this video? Do you know what like angle you're taking? Just live, or is it gonna have? A it's gonna be a. St- it'll be like a story, okay. like kind of like a dark comedy, I guess. We have an idea. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's we have, we have, It's not like. There's nothing really set yet. What about, okay. did, did you guys like maybe fuck around with a with a director in mind or? Um, no, we're we're all we're like way before the label that. suggested someone, but like yeah, we we haven't picked anyone yet or yeah. anything. We're not I'm, really sure. We like again, we've never done it, so <clears throat> we don't really have anything to base it off of. So I started fucking around because in, in my head, like for like the last ten years, post MTV. Um, there's so much good stuff on YouTube and like, I just started getting into it cause I'm thinking like, you know, I'll be 40 in like six months or some shit. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, why don't I just get into that? You know, I'm just start making lyric videos and like, um, concept videos because it just seems like, I think with the technology now you're, you're able to do so much before you would need like 10 different devices. Um, now you need one. Yes. You know, like yeah. you just have an iPad and you dice shit up and throw it up on there. So, and uh, the record comes out, you said what? Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Is it, is it, are, the, we allo- are we even allowed to say the release date yet? Yeah. The only people uh, that listen to this shit are our friends. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, he, he already fine. told them everything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't think Carrie's going to say anything. <laughs> so, um, are you allowed to say who's on the tour? I don't think so yet. Okay. No. But okay. we're doing a tour with a really cool band bef- cool. before we go to Fest. I saw you doing also um, some Sam I Am cassettes for Dead Broke. Yeah. yeah. How'd that come about? Uh, basically just this weird addiction I have that I can't just like love a band. I have to release them in some way. Um, and I noticed that those records were kind of old and some of them came out around the time of the end of cassettes maybe and they were just never really when were the end of cassettes you remember I just, it was a long 90s. slow yeah something like I mean it had <laughs> to even be the, the yeah. late 90s because I remember buying Dookie and shit on cassette yeah. you know and that was 94 so it had the blue yeah, yeah like, the blue tape I guess yeah. the you know turn of the millennium or whatever yeah, they were still kicking around in the late 90s yeah yeah point. for sure yeah yeah I had some uh, the way I would determine it it's like if I had uh, $10 or $20 mm. so it's like yeah. I have $10 to spend I'm like alright I guess I'll just buy a cassette instead right so and that yeah would... I mean that's just pretty much it like I just noticed they were never on cassette really love those records wanted to work with them in some way and you know who did you approach I mean me and, me and Sergi talk about it I mean you know? I, I know but I'm yeah, just saying yeah. from, <laughs> for the from airwaves Miami, yeah. <laughs> we well, became she... friends after doing a couple shows together and uh, they were just stoked to do it and I had to ask Hopeless and stuff and everybody was really cool about it so I mean yeah it's and cool you just email Hopeless and they're like yeah whatever yeah, I mean, I had to like... They're like, wait, they're on our label? A, I had to license it a little <laughs> bit, but, you know, they, they were really good to me. So. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember seeing, uh, as a huge Sam I Am fan, uh, seeing Sam I Am at St. Vitus, like, maybe in 2010, or whenever Hurricane Sandy hit. Yeah, I remember that, because we were coming back from... Fest. Fest. We were driving back from Fest in, in Hurricane Sandy, I remember. Really? We came back, and the city was... The skyline was like blacked out. That's that's a. I mean, I remember missing that show because I was like, ah, oh, fuck. 
Yeah. And I had still like never really seen them. Well, I, uh, I saw them there and I remember being outside. Well, funny enough, they, they, they were having a hard time getting there cause I guess there was no gas anywhere. And I remember I saved, uh, my gas tank because i'm like fuck it we're going this is boring we're like we have no electricity everyone you know we're just like hanging out doing nothing so i drove like me and like three or four other people and we get saint vitus and there's like maybe like 30 people there that made it there so whoever else saved their gas like (laughs) like a big fanboy uh and i went there and uh they played and then outside i'll never forget there was this girl who was outside, and she was like, oh, you guys got to listen to this band, Iron Sheik. You guys should go on tour with them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, seven years later, I guess that happened. So That's I just thought that was, Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I fucking know those guys. I'm like, you should, <laughs> definitely. So the similarities and stuff. So, um, But the the cassette, like if I had a cassette player, I'd get it. But I'm sure, does it come with a download? Uh, no, I usually do all my cassettes with a download, but sometimes when I'm doing a cassette of a record on another label, yeah. they'd rather me not okay. do a download. So they don't have downloads, but uh, pretty much all my other tapes do. Yeah. But it's still like, it's still a deal in 2017 to buy a tape for six bucks and get a whole record sure. and, and also, spending 10 on the internet right. or and 20 like, on an LP or whatever. And know. like what you said, it's like... A, a band that you love and you get to put it out on your label i mean that's fucking great you know it's why we do what we do it's why i'm doing a podcast you know it's just these things that you just are passionate about so yeah for sure um going back to i'm gonna mention jay for a second um because i, I did i ever tell you <laughs> this guy completely influenced me to play music was i disappeared for a while doing whatever i was doing <laughs> you know and i uh I popped up on the scene, you know, sometime in the 2000s, and uh, I saw his band, The Devil Himself, with La Magna and Poor Jeff oh, somewhere. Oh, like the Village Pub. Yes. That was a weird show. That was a weird show, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I knew, like, the like some of the La Magna people and, uh, or friends of theirs, I don't remember. And then you guys played, and until then, like, I just didn't really like you know i knew silent majority and certain things like that that i liked but for the most part i didn't really like local music or i didn't connect to it um and then i I saw these guys and i was like this is really fucking good i'm like this guy's singing shit that i like by the time the second verse hit i already knew what the chorus was going to be and and i love the songwriting and then i I got a cd from you guys and then i gave it to my friend to hold and like it disappeared I, I forgot so um and then it wasn't until small arms dealer came around and you guys played um saints and sinners yeah and i was like oh i think uh i think devil himself played saints and sinners too yeah 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 no because that's that's actually when i met you was that when was there my yeah. old band dobler played with devil himself at saints and sinners uh-huh. yeah was that with lou's band Yes, with I, every idle hour. it was with every idle hour exactly. Yeah, and then I got this the, the Hot Knives EP, mm-hmm. and until then, like you hear like these like demos from people, and like it wasn't like it, nothing really ever connected with me, mm-hmm. and this record did. It was like four or five songs. Um, I love that Alamo song. <laughs> it's like a Pee Wee Herman <laughs> reference, but like the songs were like this like mixture of like just really cool punk music but like it had these like Weezer sensibilities mm-hmm. and from there like I'm like I think I need to start a band 
<laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. I really want to play music because I was like living like a different lifestyle. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just do that <laughs> at like 26 <laughs> or whatever age I was. You find your calling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, you had played music before that, right? Not like no. we like like maybe we played like just a show. Like it was just you weren't taking it serious. Yeah, it was just like, like yeah, you know, friends. Yeah, like right. I didn't play with a drummer till I was like in my twenties. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know, so it was like this like long progression. But I always remember that, and and that those like records really made me want to kind of like jump more into like the music stuff so pretty funny cool that's wild yeah thank you yeah thank you thank you very much it's your fault (laughs) who am i gonna blame for podcasting (laughs) so uh mike so what what's what's a difference and i'm sure there's a huge difference in running a label when you started to today holy shit a lot yeah i mean it was 15 15 years ago yeah, so 2002. And I did, let, let's just go there. Like, how did how did you start the label? What made you want to start the label? Uh, I just released like my old band Dobler, our demo, because we just wanted to put out a demo, and I just put Dead Broke Records on there. It was like an idea I had for a while, and it was like kind of a fake label where I would just like make things in paint shop and do things for years before it actually came to life, and I just slapped it on the demo and then But that's what you want to do. Like like in a fantasy world, maybe like when you first started, you're like, All right, I wanna I wanna start this label. I wanna have even really I just kinda started it out of uh Necessity. Necessity, yeah. yeah. And then once I released the demo I just kinda started releasing my other band stuff, like and my friends' bands, just C D Rs and home dupe tapes and stuff like that. So and then, aside from, from your first band, what was like the first release? that you did like for your friends like let's say uh well this this old friend of mine he had like a weird goofy electronic thing called the teen wolves it was just <laughs> like him and a keyboard and i wound up being in the band down the dumps with him later on and those demos were actually the some of the first dead broke releases too but i think the teen wolves cd was like the second release it was just like all stuff we were recording and making and i don't think it was till i actually put out like this tape comp I did which was probably 10th or 11th release when I was like okay I want to do a label you know how do you go about doing that like let's say you like you know Jay's band you know the Wolverines or whatever the fuck <laughs> sure you know like how do you approach him like uh, like do you send him an email do you talk to him You're like, yeah hey, I mean really? uh, most of it's always been you know internet based email based I mean I do a lot of stuff with my friends too a lot of verbal stuff a lot of times I go on tour and get too drunk and wind up promising some records too. You know, it happens any which way, but I usually just ask a band, you know, like your band, let's do a record or tape or whatever it is. And, I give them some have copies. Have you ever offered and, something and they came, like people came back and you're like, "Why the fuck did I offer them a deal?" Sure, of course, <laughs> plenty of times. <laughs> plenty of times. Have you ever stopped doing that? Is the question. Well, I mean, we, uh, we, out of out of like, I think we're I think we're up to like 175 releases now. Wow. I'd say there's probably only three or four that really made me regret asking them, oh, which really? is pretty good out of that, that is, many. You know, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. 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 That's not bad. So, um, 
All right. So then from there, like when do you, when did you start doing like the imprint? Let's say, do you remember? For for your your dog Iggy, right? Iggy is like the yeah. Well, Lebrano actually Shout drew that. He drew he drew that logo, and uh, Gordon had our our drummer, and she had drew the original logo. It was like a shadow of a girl pulling her pockets out. I used that for a while, and then he drew the Iggy logo for me. I don't even know when that was. With the was. dollar sign eyes? Yeah. Or chic. It's probably for the shitty Rambo, something like that. It appeared on that. It was yeah. probably slight. It's, it's got to be. I think I did it for you specifically. I love the imprint. Because you wanted a logo. Like, I don't think it was for a chic record. I think it was. No, probably. yeah. He just, it's, I, I've been using that logo for probably at like 10 years now, something like that. How, I might have still been small. I'm still one yeah. How awesome is it to have two artists in the band? To like make shit like Gordon and, and Jason. It's great. I mean, it's not anything we ever have to really think about. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's cool. Yeah, definitely. And and I know that you do stuff on the side, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what's the name of the business? The Righteous Indignation Layout and Illustration. And what do you do? Whatever you know, like uh, mostly mostly like T-shirts and record layouts and stuff like that. But I'll, you know, I've done tattoos. I've done. Not like you know, actually tattoo. But you them, but like, like print it up, yeah. I um, saw you did the worship this stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done a yeah a bunch of bands all over the place. Um, and I guess being in a band, touring and and meeting bands, like everyone probably knows the knows your work because it's pretty. Like when you see a piece, you know it's yours. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you know, I had you know, obviously like the exposure from Iron Sheik helps too. Like you know, being able to do all that stuff and. Uh, Were you always good with the uh, the art? I guess, you know, I always liked it. Um, I, I stopped, like, I, there was a long periods of time where I, like, wouldn't really do anything. You ever do a hand turkey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice with those. So I've, I've, like, probably within a year or two, I've done a hand turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. I might have to get you on the next record then. So When I got the, uh, when I got the, like, like, the tablet to draw on the computer, that's kind of when I started, like taking it serious again because it was just like so much easier than having to have like you know paper and rulers and whatever and scanning things and you know like and it's nice to to have something um i mean you're probably more passionate about music but i mean art's probably up there too right or is it like neck and neck no for sure i mean art's a little uh maybe sometimes more frustrating because you know with music like i have people to collaborate with and you know, bounce ideas off of, and if you're not feeling it that day, you know, come back to it or somebody else comes up with something cool. But like art's like, if I don't feel like doing it, I just can't do it and just don't yeah. do it. You know, like so. And when like when you get contracted to, to do something, like do you normally have like a timeline or some shit? Isn't is, yeah? Is it- I mean, I try to. You know, I mean, you know, it depends on what it is. Like if they have a tour or whatever, or you know, record release date, then you know, I have like a hard deadline. Uh, I try to keep the turnaround around three weeks, but you know, it could go either way. I can do something in two nights. Yeah. I could do something. It could take me three months of staring at a computer screen just to, you know, get a sketch down or whatever. So like it, it you know, it's, it's tricky and it's weird too. Cause some people are like, Oh, I, you know, do whatever you want. Like, I, you know, I like your stuff, like do what you want. And like, you think that'd be cool, but then it's like, well, 
the fuck you know like i don't direction yeah i barely know this band or whatever and now i gotta come up with like you know the aesthetic you know for this whole record or whatever and then sometimes they're like oh i want like a dragon on a unicorn like you know doing shooting candy canes or whatever you know and i'm just like all right like I don't, I, maybe maybe I could draw that. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Did someone ever ask you for something that you couldn't do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have you know. I mean, there's things I'm bad at, and yeah. I usually know. Unicorns, and I'll tr- dragon, huh? dragons, and unicorns. <laughs> yeah, I could do. I do all right. Dragon. Maybe okay. a unicorn would be weird. Um, and like I'll usually, you know, I'll usually at least try it, you know. But I have had I've had to come back to bands and be like. I couldn't do this or I just draw something different. I'm like, this is what, you know, this is what I did. So yeah. if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And, and when you go on tour, like, cause obviously I sing in a band too. And I always wonder this cause I've never played, you know, a hundred shows in a row, whatever you guys did. I think you guys did 30, right? That was like the most 30 shows in a row. Uh, well, I think the most we did was we, we had three months. Yeah. You, okay. And then we it. had two days off, I think on that. Yeah, okay. So (laughs) add a couple of those 30. But like when you're singing, like do you ever, because you do a set and everyone's hanging out all night probably, right? Yeah. Like and you're like screaming over the next band or if you're the headliner, you're screaming over the whatever music. And then from there you wake up. Like do you ever just feel like, holy shit, I got to go drink tea and not talk till the show? Yeah. yeah, I mean that like that. Is that only for pussies like me? (laughs) No, I mean, he should probably do that more. Often, I, yeah, you know, I mean, like, yeah, my regimen is to like, well, a, I stand outside smoking cigarettes instead of talking over the other bands. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, smoke weed, <laughs> drink whiskey. Um, Little hot but no, I mean, that, that I never had an issue with it. Like, I was always just like, you know. I'm young, whatever. I don't do what I want. You know, yeah. my body's awesome, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, that tour in particular. <laughs> fucked me up a couple of times but it was weird because it was like I'd lose my speaking voice but, but I could you sing could fine yeah no of course Um, and so like that was generally fine and then like it got to the point where like I think my voice sounds different now than it did yeah I mean his before that tour his like speaking my speaking voice, voice is yeah. like has slightly been altered by like the strain on it you know well it was like yeah it was like four weeks with two days off and then like two or three days off and then like three and a half weeks in Europe like shows every night sometimes in Europe twice in a day well like a so matinee like, and yeah. yeah and yeah. I started drinking like throat coat and stuff and like trying to be a little bit better about it but that's but. when we were just like let's play as many shows as possible now we're like honestly since that tour and I mean his speaking voice was weird for a while um, we've you know been more into like all right let's take a day off a week at least Did people you recognize know. you on the phone <laughs> i've been surprised are you sure a times when they didn't <laughs> not that i talked to anybody on the phone but, yeah. yeah that is true no one what am i ta- like yeah, right. i just like look at my phone like it's usually my brother calling me yeah. and i'm just like what the fuck I'm i like, get so bummed out when someone actually calls <laughs> text me what yeah. are you doing yeah. Yeah. i call dumps all the time and he texts me back we won't yeah, to I talk hate, to you on the I phone. Yeah. <laughs> me too. He's one of the only people I talk to on the phone. I mean, you know, when it comes to my friends, there's certain things that like I don't feel like sitting there fucking typing twenty text messages back and forth just to get, you yeah. know. It used answer. to be exciting when someone called you on the phone back in the day. I'm like, who could and it now be? It's like and now it's like, yeah. well, yeah, because you could see <laughs> who. <laughs> you, it is. To, you think about it too much. What do you actually have to tell me? Yeah. What text me? <laughs> yeah, a call is like generally bad news. <laughs> yeah. Kinda, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, somebody asked me to co-sign their card today, so that's like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, really? Like, that wasn't you just a let text. it go to voicemail, so no, you that can screen the voicemail first. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I've always wondered that, like, on because you always hear, like, you know, like the, I don't know, the fucking Metallicas or the Rolling Stones of the world that. You know, the singer is just in the corner somewhere drinking tea or yeah, some I mean, shit. They're wrapping their throat in hot towels and, yeah. like, huffing a humidifier Bands like that do, like, three or four days and then it's also like, take I mean, days off. Some of those bands are, like, metal bands that are, like, you know, like, yeah. where you just, like, kind of have to. You Pick, do I have get strenuous vocals, though. Yeah, I get I mean, a little bit, but I don't know. You know. Like, I, I worry about it more now than I ever did, but, like, I still don't, you yeah. know, really do much. Do you ever just, like, give out mic time when, when, it, when you're not feeling it? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, like the super high parts. Or, like, yeah. we kind of strategically place songs, too, to, like, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, this song's really hard to sing. Like, that's an encore, you know. Like, it doesn't matter if it fucking sucks or not, if it's the last thing you hear, you know. <laughs> when everybody's drunk at that point. Everyone's drunk. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Club so- I worked that back in the day, we had Great White there. And we had to Jack Russell, the singer. This is pre-The Fire and everything, obviously. This is... A great, we, had, we got a great wet story. <laughs> great wet story coming up. We had to run like a hose, a super like tons of hose from the back sink. You said you were a barback, right? That was a barback at this place. All the way to the state. I don't even know how many fucking feet it was. And then poke <laughs> holes in it. So it would mist warm water because it was good for his fucking throat. Wow. It was in his rider. Wait, what fucking year was this? Like, like 1990. Five, six, maybe. Oh, so they were already on their way out. Yeah, we, we got all those bands before Jones Beach figured it was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> all those rats and stuff when they had fallen off and they were like, fuck, we got to play. So what they place played was our this? Place, CPI in Hampton Bays. And uh, we had them all. But yeah, that was ridiculous. Fucking yeah. mist. He needed mist. Crazy. Well, let, let me tell you the beauty of podcasts since we're going to talk about Great White. Are we? Uh, well, <laughs> I didn't bring I mean, my notes, my Great White notes. <laughs> It's um, really only one thing to know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one bitten, twice shy. I mean, come on, that's a great cover. Um, so the beauty of podcasts are things like like him survive. Like they just, I, I forgot what I was listening to. Maybe the Eddie Trunk podcast because sometimes it would have to be because who the fuck else would talk about yeah. <laughs> Great White in this year <laughs> besides Eddie Trunk? <laughs> Right, so he's talking about this record that he just released, and and there's something about listening to something on a podcast that no matter how much I don't normally listen to it, they're talking about the new Jack Russell record. So in my head, I'm thinking after the interview, I'm going to listen to the album because it. (laughs) I wanted that way. Thanks to Spotify, I, I I probably heard the first seven or eight songs. They're one of those bands like L.A. Guns, where there's a Jack Russell's yeah. Great White and a Great White. Yeah, there's like two competing. Great and it wasn't. Whites. And it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't bad. The guy had good melodies and he could still sing, but it was still, like, like I said, I think that's the beauty of podcasts. It's just someone talks about something. Yeah. You know, like it narrows down your interests. Exactly and you're like, you're, you know, yeah, just like you're into. You know, like it, it will bring up like any movie that I haven't seen in forever and. It just like plants that egg, and it's like, oh, I want to see Night of the Creeps. I haven't seen Night of the Creeps in every front. now and then. I look up and see Tom Atkins looking at me. Shout out to Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, what's the difference? Like, if if you can just give us like a, a good nutshell answer, like from when you started, um, is it easier to run a label now or harder? 
Oh, it's much harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I operate at a very high volume, probably higher than I should, like probably like 20 to 30 releases a year. So really, um, I'm kind of crazy. A lot of my friends who do labels of similar sizes do half that. Are you a team of one though? It's just you, right? I mean, no. Kristen pretty much uh, has like taken over mail order assembling records, stuff like that. I mean, the whole you know business and web store email oh, really? stuff like oh, that's that. Awesome. that. That's all me, but she does all the packaging and you know deals with orders and stuff like and you that. You said two thousand two, right? Yeah. So Napster was in full swing. At, yeah, I guess so. Time. Right? So yeah, I remember. Probably I can't, would I can't remember the program yeah. I used to use to download. So I've been using Soulseek for like a decade now. I feel like, but it was uh, that thing still up. Kaza yeah, was Soulseek. Is it really? really? I, I used to use the fuck. Out still of use it, and it's still great. Get really? Yeah. I once Pirate Junkie came around. The LimeWire. I was like, pace, you know. Your computer. But aids. the thing is, is like I bought so much fucking music. Yeah. Um, and I didn't give a shit about Spotify, and then one day my iPod shit the bed, and I was like, fuck, I'm looking at my yeah. external hard drive. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to listen to music All without, music, yeah. Yeah, without yeah. fishing for like my great white CD. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to listen to rock 100, 100 CD book in the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That People someone always steals, steals at yeah, fucking... Yeah. Joe's Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they were CDRs. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and the music fan of me sometimes has that guilt mm. that I take it from the cloud these days, but I put my fucking time in and I go, I spend a lot of money at shows and I feel ticket prices are more expensive because they're like, oh, you don't want to buy our album? Ticket prices are 20 extra dollars sure. now. So oh, it gets yeah. passed along. So I'm paying for that Deftones record, regardless. Yeah, right. I I can't go back to another way of listening to music as a music junkie. You know what I mean? And this, I'm the same way. I mean, I hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of records I've bought over the years, and this and that and stuff. My music junkie mentality can't survive like another way than just having this at the touch of. I my think fingertips. if you don't, if you don't, I go broke. If fast. you, if yeah, when people the like kid music. Would meet. Yeah. Well, you want sandwiches this week, <laughs> or the new enslaved house? <laughs> and I think that's what it is. People that are not satisfied with one CD for a month, like we need more. Yeah, you know, we just like need. It's like you like, know, you know that guy that's got the one CD, same CD in a CD holder. Like he never yes. changes it. Right. it drives me it's fucking mental. Like yeah, I, I still I still songs. rock the iPod. I, I mean, you do? Like, yeah, I don't if, I don't really I do Spotify sometimes. or any I don't really stream music. I'm still like very attached to having it. Yeah, like in case I don't have internet or service or whatever. I'm you just gotta like, walk the walk, man. Really, I still um, do buy I, the stuff yeah. too, but I do like giving it a test drive. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I pirate tons of I've shit. CDs. I, mean, I buy I buy records like crazy. I mean, pretty much like anytime I want a record, I just use label money and buy myself like hundreds of records a year with record label money that's where all that money goes yeah pretty much I dead mean. broke <laughs> <laughs> what do you use jay uh just my ipod usually yeah yeah how many songs you got in that motherfucker a couple thousand i guess i don't know a couple thousand yeah. not even like tens 
No? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I've never counted. It's a little number. Yeah, we're we're going we're to take, take a break and count those songs and come right back. <laughs> but um, so when it comes to like uploading new music, you just like get some new shit and throw it in there? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm weird. I don't it's really weird, listen yeah. to music that much anymore. And not like because I don't like it. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm like, I, I you know, I, I see enough bands, you know, like I've just kind of like burnt out on like caring about music. <laughs> you know, listen like, to music with me. When yeah, and I band. do like, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, like, I listen, I listen, you know, I, I listen to the same, you know, like I'll throw a new thing in there. Every, you know, like what was the last new thing? Probably like um, like pop or something like some side one dummy band that like I got a bunch of downloads. Are they side, for. They're, they're side one? Yeah. Fuck that band's so good. I think Pup and Meat Wave or like yeah like a couple like bands like that were like the last few things I threw. In yeah, there. they're one of those bands that I just came late to, and what really sealed it for me was watching them open up for the Get Up Kids. Yeah, I remember that. And thinking like, wow, this is like. Once again, to bring up Weezer Pinkerton, but like a, a more chaotic one. Like it just, mm. it, their songwriting is just, and I, I don't think you could write songs like that forever. You know, I think like eventually <laughs> yeah. everyone just makes like, you know, a Bruce Springsteen record. I mean, <laughs> Rivers Cuomo couldn't even keep yeah. making Weezer songs forever. So. <laughs> now nah, he stopped it too. He was like, that's it, I'm good. <laughs> Checked out. <laughs> Fucking last song is so bad. So I guess, like you said, just to, to, to go back to that, because I know that we, we keep getting sidetracked. So it's it's harder to run it now. Is it harder to make money off of it now? Like, or sustain uh, no, it it's maybe? Harder. It's harder now because I have to think about making enough money to put out the next record. Uh, I tend to start projects before I have the money for them. And yeah. then just kind of hustle and put it together and pay it off, you know. Uh, it's definitely more stressful and, and a lot more work and... The label has like grown with all the different growing pains that has happened, good and bad. You know, it's taken a lot. I've learned everything from just friends and other labels and going along. You know, um, but what, what fuels it? Passion, right? Just pretty love much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a love hate thing. You know, I, I, it's 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 crazy the amount of money I spend doing it. But, you know, I haven't used my own money for it in years. It's completely self-sufficient. self-sufficient. You know? and, and when, like, when it comes to spending money, like, for me personally, like, as long as I have something to show for, you know, like, buying this iPad, like, it, it works fantastic for what I'm doing. And it brings me joy every time I listen back to the product. Yeah. So I'm okay with it, you know? Like, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it's, okay with that passion. The love-hate thing is more, it's like... Oh yeah, like make this record that I love and put it out for a band and I hold it and it's awesome and I put it together. And then like when I sell them all, it's great and I love it and it's like but when I have like hundreds <laughs> in my bedroom for like 8 years, yeah. then it sometimes gets a little depressing <laughs> when I look into the room and go, "Wow, I'm going to be buried with some of this shit." You know <laughs> what I mean? Cuz that's that's just the real Is that is that the, you know, to be buried with a box of CDs? That's pretty goddamn cool. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not. It's one box. It's yeah. a couple hundred. <laughs> not like 20,000, you know. Here lies my Records take up a lot more space than like CDs an so. orders. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh I know I asked you to um I like talking to people about influences. 
Um, so I'm just curious, like, can you pick 10 records that make Mike Bruno, Mike Bruno? I think so. Yeah. I've been working on a list here on the spot, so I might leave out one or two. I think I made put too many here, but, uh, never too many. Well, definitely off the back green day dookie. Yeah. Uh, that's the gateway drug. Yeah, it was. I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing or really built my life the way I've built it if I never heard that record. And you guys do a great cover of She. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's probably the best song on the record, I think. One of them, yeah. I mean, the opening That's track. That's debatable, but... The it's opening good. track is fucking Burnout, great. yeah. Yes. It's probably one of my favorite Green Day songs. You know, uh, um, they when they were on Stern, because I like them, and I stopped liking them after that record. They were on Stern, and they, they started playing Burnout. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I miss this band. I'm like, it's pretty goddamn yeah, good. good. And then by the time they got <laughs> to the other songs, I was like, I forgot why. And I remember why <laughs> I don't like them anymore. But Burnout is such a goddamn great song. I mean, I think the the moment I saw the Longview video, like, changed my life forever. That For the better or worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think I'll ever, a video will ever affect me like that. I just... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that baseline. That, that's probably the most important record in my life. Awesome, yeah. very uh, cool. And then, of course, hand in hand with that is Nirvana. Nevermind, of mm-hmm. course. Same uh, for me. Yeah, that was top thirteen. Two most influential records. First thing I ever learned how to play on a guitar. You know, um, everyone also, learned. Yeah, the yeah. gateway drug. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, what was your favorite song off of Nevermind? Uh, so hard. Lounge Act, come it's on. Lounge you know, Act is a good one. <laughs> Lounge Act is a good one. I like the second half better. It's I like I stay mean, a lot away. Of, I, see, I hear a lot of people saying that they like In Utero better, too. Like, nowadays, as I get older, no. I hear a lot of people say that, no. and I think that's I hear that, crazy. too. I can't Those people are wrong. As, yeah. just, as, as Paul it. Garitano would say. Yeah. <laughs> people are wrong. Do you need to borrow they're just In Utero? Pick, they're, yeah, just picking right? that, they're just picking that to not go with the Nevermind thing that everyone would pick. Yeah, sure, sure. One day, one day I was telling Paul Garitano, who is a mutual friend of ours, um, like, I really love Neutral Milk Hotel. I love this record. And he's like, nah. He's like, I don't believe that. He's like, no one likes this band. He's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, it's a poly thing. yeah, he's like, people just say they like it, but when they go home, they don't like them. <laughs> just like, That's it was so just funny. so funny the way he said it. Cause it's so him. And I'm like, cause I wanted to cover 1945. Right. And then he's like, nah, it's like, no one likes this. <laughs> Funny. He was having a conversation with Beaker about what was the best Guns N' Roses album, and he's like, "It's Appetite, obviously." And then Beaker's like, "I don't know, man. I oh, think it's no. I think it's Use Your Illusion uh, one." <laughs> you and then and, and Paul just goes, "Do you need to borrow Appetite?" <laughs> <laughs> one day, also to to bring back those covers, I remember we played barbecues and we played an Alkaline Trio song called. Uh, old school reasons and jason here next to me was like awesome now play an alkaline trio song everyone knows <laughs> i was like fuck i thought we did it so good though and, and but it made sense i'm like why did we pick that b-side <laughs> and paulie's uh suzanne vega song or whatever yeah. that oh my god i forgot about that well wendy made him do that oh one, yeah so. which one luca no, no, it was no like... it's not. No, no one's ever. <laughs> not the good one. <laughs> Tom no one has ever heard of it. <laughs> not the good one. <laughs> the other one. The other one. I got so. it. All right. Okay. Uh, another one. Uh, Suzanne Vega. Weezer Blue Album. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yeah. 
universally. I mean, those three records kind of go hand in hand. I feel like never, never mind Dookie Blue Album. It made me love fuzzed out guitar, like it just because at its core it was so simple. <laughs> at its core it was so simple, but like I don't know, there was something about like yeah, that record still right. To this day. Like you put on Only in Dreams, and it's like holy shit, this fucking like. Usually I would care if a song's eight minutes long, but like I think that was the first time I ever even noticed a song was eight minutes long. Like I never even realized the times of songs. I think until that song and another great baseline. Yeah. Oh god. So good choice. I guess then uh, moving on. I guess a little later, probably be Jawbreaker, Twenty Four Hour Revenge Therapy. Uh, That was like. One of the bands I got into from getting into Green Day that really changed everything for me. That record, yeah, I had never heard punk like that before, and it was uh, those songs were great. I really loved it. Definitely like, uh, it, and then some of like the the later songs on that record were also different, like darker, and you could tell like where he was going. So yeah, it's a dark, short record, surprisingly, yeah, but definitely really good. Um, then probably the replacements pleased to meet me. Nice. I mean, that was the f- the record that got me into them. I might have liked some of their other records mm-hmm. more later on as I got into them, but that record definitely changed everything to me. Where I was like, I want to be in a band that sounds like this. And yeah, that, that was like a gateway into a lot West of stuff for me. One of my favorite songwriters. Yeah, of all I think time. he's he's probably my favorite songwriter of all time. He's and Bob Mould, certain guys like that. They just Bob Mould definitely. You know what I mean? They but those songs, like when I got into the replacements, they just opened like a, another door up to be like, oh, you can play like this, and it's still like catchy and cool, and like almost like you take away like some of the velocity of it and like you what's left are these songs that are just fucking really you know yeah yeah i think they they appeal to punks because they used to be you know harder in their early records but they were always just kind of punk by accident yeah and i think that's why it's appealing to punks because it's not really punk rock i mean the no. early records are like kind of like a emulation of like melodic hardcore like who's could do and stuff that they were just trying to rip off you know yes but uh yeah yeah, they probably my favorite band, you know. I could imagine a lot of their songs played in like different genres, formats and they probably work. They just great you know lyricists I mean? too. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right then. Then uh Rancid and Out Come the Wolves, also mm-hmm. another Dad. gateway punk record for me. Uh wound up holding up just as good years later. I mean, there was a, a gap where I got into punk and you know, thought Rancid wasn't good anymore. And, when when but did, that record is just unstoppable. I don't think anybody could write an eighteen song record. Back. Nineteen, I think, yeah, actually. Right. Fucking crazy. Yeah, right. Like they wrote nineteen great songs. And they did it on like every record. Like nobody makes records that long. Like it's crazy. Even their new record is that long. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they were one of those bands that I felt like never made a bad record. Um, and then when Life Won't Wait came out, I hated it. Because it wasn't an outcome. The see, I, li- I liked it. It was different. I liked it after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Once, um, once I listened to it nonstop because it was like around the time that it w- we had cassettes and it had like the cigarette box cassette. 
Um, so it just happened to be one, one of those times that it was like my only cassette in my work car. And then I listened to it nonstop, you know, like if, if it came out today, I probably would have heard three songs and never gone back to it. Cause right. there's like 400 songs that I could pick from the cloud, but this was the only cassette that was in the work car. And I was like, you know what, until I fucking get another cassette in here or I like this album. And I ended up loving it because it was so fucking different. And I think... It was so panned when it first came out that they decided to make Rancid 2000, where they're like, "Okay, we're just gonna make." We have to make a punk record. Yeah, and shut people up. That yeah. record's like, that record's good. It's also hilarious. <laughs> it's like when Rancid started getting like really fucking ridiculous. That's like, the one with the send off, right? Rancid 2000. Yeah. yeah. See you later. See you later. <laughs> it's the only record I ever heard where the singer says goodbye to you at the end of the record. It's, it's got to be another one. Yeah. I feel like King Diamond might have done that. Van Halen, Happy Trails. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so look who, yeah. There. I feel like Poison did it on Look What the Cat Dragged In. <laughs> probably. If Van Halen did it first, they did it probably. <laughs> Fantastic. Good good choice. What else we got over there? Uh, definitely, I know one of your favorites, The Cure, Disintegration. Mm, like yes. That record uh, Perfect was that. probably one of the first like non-punk or hard rock records that really hit me when I was really young. And a lot of my friends used to make fun of me for liking it, actually, because it was sad boy uh, goth stuff. <laughs> But uh, still one of my favorite bands to this day. Well, seeing them live, which we did. Yeah. Um, we all did, actually, except probably you. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. I just never I never got yeah. into them. That's all right. We'll throw it in, in that iPad, <laughs> iPod that you have. Um, but watching them live is always amazing. Like, because their music, it's almost like they play these fucking notes and they, like, go off into space. Yes. And, yes. like, they fill this room with, like, yeah. this sound that's like fucking so Robert Smith's yeah. criminally underrated as a play like the sounds he comes up with and you know his guitar tone and everything yeah. like that it's so perfect with the music the lyrics it works hand in hand I mean I've been a huge Cure fan forever and I got clowned on a lot as yeah. a metalhead yeah. but I was like yo it, sorry you can't live on just one kind of music alone if you can't listen then no this is great you know yeah, yeah you right, can't right. there's there's cause that's a perfect album disintegration but back then like that's when you're younger you did face that, but I'm I'm talking about like 12 and 13. Like I remember being being in like a Selden Middle School, and being um, you couldn't listen to like it was either Skid Row, right. which of course that's where I was at. Right. Then there was Technotronic, <laughs> you know, and then there was just like New Kids on the Block, and it was like you couldn't mix those in. It's like yeah. well, you can't listen to rap because I like Skid Row. It was yeah, like rap that. sucks. Yeah, right. and then yeah, once yeah. you get older, Fucking like punk metal too, man. It was that's true. It didn't yeah. jive eye to eye. There was a few SOD Motorhead acceptable things yeah, for everybody. Yeah, Motorhead crossed like, over. What yeah. camp are you in? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sucks. <laughs> you know, but once you hit like fourteen, once you hit like high school, you're like, yeah. oh wait, like see, I, I don't know, because even like I mean, I got into music a little later, I guess, but like when I got into punk. I was like, I could only like punk. I can't like anything else. Sure. Mm-hmm. For like ethical reasons too, like not just like you know, or like what I you know what I thought were the handbook. Reasons. And then uh, I remember at some point, like me and a bunch of my friends like driving, and I think like uh, I think it was the sweater song came on, and like everybody like slowly admitted that they liked Weezer, and it was like nobody wanted to, but then like. 
after that, it was like, okay, we were like, all right, all right, wow, we can like weasel. Because it wasn't be like a secret. punk band, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, punk's bad like that. I remember being really young and just thinking I couldn't like anything but punk. I think every like punk has gone through that that's phase. That's been the too. MO with punk yes. since it started. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. It's weird. Even as a young kid, that's like kind of the thing that goes along with it. There's like so many things I missed Even out on in that time. Metal. It seemed like metal thing, too. too, like it's something the fans carry, not so much the, like a lot of the oh, bands no, yeah. like, like each other and stuff like that, but it's like a fan thing. Yeah. Like, you know, but well, because that's dissipated it's, it's, a lot it's, though. You know, oh yeah. Because you, you're just so, I guess like, like you draw the line and it's just like, you're well, also a teenager. Is... What the fuck did we know back then? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know shit. I didn't know shit. <laughs> exactly. I knew that I was going to get in trouble for, <laughs> A long time yeah. until I started a band at 26 after watching Jason play. <laughs> That's right. I was like, oh, cool. I could stop being a loser. <laughs> Crime is bad. <laughs> um, anything else on that list? He's got to pull so. it back. We were yapping so long. I know, yeah. <laughs> he lost his notes. Four, five, six. All right, seven. Yeah, another one. I mean, a, a later one, a one that came really later on that really change a lot for me was uh goo goo dolls boy named goo um because again when that came out didn't think it was okay to like that but when i actually listened to that record i was like holy fuck this sounds like the replacements yeah it sounds like off it's like this is like a punk record yeah and that led me into soul asylum and doughboys and made me revisit gin blossoms and i just you know that, so to this day, that's some of my favorite music. That like style of replacements worship, like alt rock, is like I love it. Like yeah. you said, Jim, like Jim Blossoms have so many goddamn songs, yeah. soul, like all that stuff. Sure. Yeah, the, the boy named Goo might be in like one of my top five of like favorite records ever. It's just even now, like the other band I play in, Adult Magic, was just like, let's start a band like that. Let's just rip off. Goo Dolls and Ryan Adams and shit like that, you know, and just not play punk. Yeah, I mean, it comes off sounding punk because I can't really help it. But I th- we we tried that with our last record too, but it's only because Chris plays like he's in Ryan Adams' band. So yeah, he's good. It he's works out for us. Anything Anything else? What, what are we up to, like, number eight on there? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I got two more. Yeah, give me two more. Two more yeah, records that make Mike Bruno. Mike Bruno. I was saying <laughs> on the break how, like, yeah, my late, mid-late 20s got really into classic rock and Thin Lizzy Jailbreak yeah. was another huge record for me that have now become one of my favorite bands uh just incredible they're Probably one of the best rock bands of all time. of all time yeah they're they're one of those bands that i need to jump into their catalog uh catalog more i know like my bass player dave loves them right. um, i'm gonna make you a, a yeah. sick thin lizzie playlist I, I, I gotta check that That's out the cream of the, they have like 15 fucking albums or something it's crazy exactly like, you know. it's 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 a little daunting you know you don't know where to jump in and stuff but it's all good but why why were you fighting the classic rock for so long I, you know it's not even that i i always kind of liked some of it i like grew up you know like i stole my uncle's record collection from my grandfather's house when i was really young and i had like there was like maiden and neil young and joan jett and stuff and i had the good it, stuff 
had it for a while and didn't listen to it le- till like later on but i don't know it just kind of hit me once i got older you know i i always liked you know, I liked Led Zeppelin and stuff like that when I was young. But, Do you uh, feel like there was, like, a line drawn, though, like, for, for like, punk rock kids? Because I know I did that, too, where it's like, it's like, well, this isn't Fugazi, so fuck Led Zeppelin. I think it was just when I was young, I was so involved and into everything that was currently happening. And it wasn't until years later that I actually started to dig into music past. You know, even now, I'm still finding you know 90s pop punk or you know 80s you just know, so punk much records, stuff yeah. just one-off shit i just love going back to old music and just checking it out now it's just what do you think about zombie zoo <laughs> <laughs> i love Wait, you wanna, did, Wait, did yeah. you see what i was writing on facebook about i think it's the only bad tom petty because he just saw tom petty oh yeah how was the show oh god amazing right he, that was like bucket list for me. One of the last. Yeah. Know, I saw Neil Young and Crazy Horse. I saw Fleetwood Mac. And Petty was like one of the ones I've been wanting to see for so long. And I finally just sucked it up. And it was the 40th anniversary of the Heartbreakers tour. And it Spent was like 800 bucks on a ticket or something. Fucking incredible. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I was on the floor. So oh, shit. It, wow. it was it was amazing. It was Buy a, some it was, records. It was an experience. That's that for sure. dead broke. Yeah, replenish, <laughs> replenish, replenish. Credit cards, baby. That's how I buy all my. Uh, that's how I buy all my concert tickets these days. He. What I love about Tom Petty is, is I get older. I love his songwriting, because, as I was younger, I would listen to stuff like the Get Up Kids or all these songs that had like thirty different parts. Mm-hmm. And then one day you listen to Free Fallen and you're like, ah, oh, shit. I'd say he's probably the greatest living American rock and roller. Besides Bono? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah. Oh, wait, he's not American. You're right. <laughs> Petty is a genius. I don't think he's any of those three things. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you hate the Beatles, Brandon? I don't hate the Beatles. I just don't care about them. Is there anything you'd like to say to their fans right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. Stop already. We know. It's yeah. fine. No. I love the Beatles. We get it, bro. You like He's the Beatles. Stone. People who only like the Beatles are weird. Oh, yeah. People who only like so- <laughs> anything. anything. Yeah. Well, he's a Stones guy. You know? was like, oh, you're a Stones yeah. guy? Yeah. I pick bit. I have like, well, you that's know, like, like the universal. band fights in my head, and it's like <laughs> Stones win over Beatles. The Who wins over Led Zeppelin. I like this one. I don't like that one. Yeah, that even you know. continued into our generation. It was like Smiths of the Cure, Green Day, or Nirvana. Right. Uh, yeah. You, you could have liked both bands, but you really yeah. loved one. You know, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest was one for me because, yeah. like, yeah, I only like Maiden. I always like Maiden more than Priest. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't always. Happen I like for me. Priest, it's just certain so. things, it's just certain bands. You know? you know, like, and those those are the ones. Those are the ones that won. All right, we're going to get to your list in a minute. I want to hear the, the last one on Mike's list. Last make one, n- make number 10 good. Roll, uh, I'm probably forgetting something, but... It's all right, they're not listening. I'm going to go back to a punk <laughs> record because I can't think of many rock records. But I haven't put any hip-hop on here either. Oh, uh, we'll talk not, hip-hop yeah, right now. It's we're, not like... Does he make you listen to Joey Badass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, of course. He just he just shook his head like, like he nodded like he was like a, a hostage. I've, 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 <laughs> yes. I've bumped that devastated song so much in the van that everyone yeah. likes it now, pretty much. Yeah. <sighs> so good. No, I only Lebrano's, I like Lebrano's, Lebrano's, You know when he's drunk, he's he's singing devastated at the top of his. Nice. Wait, which one's that? Yeah, the Joey Badass song. But what's the what's the hook? What am I singing? 
<laughs> I'm not gonna sing. I'm not gonna sing it. You know it. We're actually gonna edit in the YouTube clip, clip of, yeah, of him. Yeah, right there. Right Professional. <laughs> but I guess I'll go with a punk record and I'll say Le- <laughs> Leatherface Mush. Okay. That was like the first I guess like kind of gruff yes. punk record that I really got into and just the guitar playing and super melodic, you know. Um and I just ripped off tried to rip off that band for a long time now. Every- I, th- I think I could see the, the similarities with, like, let's say, Jones in sure. or stuff yeah. like that. Because yeah. I remember your old band, Down in the Dumps, right? I think the first time I ever came here, I dropped our mutual friend Angie off here. Yes, yes. We went to go see Diggable Planets, a reunion at, at Irving Plaza, and she was dating, I guess, Josh at the time. So I was like, oh, what is this house? And she left and blah, blah, blah. And that was the first time I became aware of here. Um and then I watched your band, but you weren't the singer. You were the bass player. Yeah. Josh was the singer. Yeah. And then when he left, you sang. And I was like, why didn't this kid sing the whole time? <laughs> it was so good. I kind of just started singing because I had to. Like, he left, and I wanted to keep going with the band because I had been writing all the songs, really. Yeah. And uh, I kind of sang like that, just trying to rip off bands like Leatherface, Crimp Shine, just like gruff But it vocals. worked because a lot of people can't do that. Like, if I sang like that, I'd lose my voice after yeah. one song. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's harder now than it was. You know, I, I you know, even in Adult Magic and the newer bands, I try and lay off a little of it, but it comes you out. You do. You actually did, because on, like, like, the Crowbait record yeah. you did, it's or... It's like when I tried to start, like, kind of singing. Yeah. Wax Phantom was, like, all gruff and stuff but uh yeah even now on the chic records like i'm always singing on the chorus and stuff like that just to add like a little grit to it lebrano likes me to sing on the chorus parts and it's I really it's nice it. like especially live like when those choruses kick in oh he doesn't do it live no <laughs> he refuses <laughs> no i should but then there'd Fuck be like four you. mics up there and it'd be crazy <clears throat> yeah well because you already have jesse yeah, you gotta do the back-to-back with jesse you look into each other's eyes. But sing I sing on like <laughs> pretty much most choruses on the records. The bigger know. the chorus on the record, the better. It just sounds like because what I gathered from a lot of like well the two records that you guys have, um, is like it sounds like a thousand people singing the chorus. Yeah, wait till you hear the new one. So. Even more. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many thousand backup, one. <laughs> so many backups on this record. It's got a boys choir. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So. I worked for the Rolling Stones, man. They had, hey. Anytime they added like 10 black checks singing back up, oh, yeah. it was just like, that's like the secret sauce. <laughs> it is. It backups. just makes everything sound. I mean, Tom Petty had these two backup singers that he even said he was a fan of for years. And they were these the Web Sisters, I think they were. It was some singing group. And it was incredible how much they added to that live show. They were right. just unbelievable. A great song is a great song. But once you add in those vocals, it just makes it. Sure. It makes it just amazing, you know. Like those, like little elements, just really like enhance the song. Like you yeah. could always play an acoustic song, and it sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Once you start adding in those fucking layers and the harmonies and those backups, like that, that'll just bring you from a nine to a ten. Yeah, that's probably the Iron Sheik secret weapon at this point. Tons of backups. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't as much on the first record, but when like the songs started becoming like these, like sing-along songs and i think him and phil really started writing the parts around like the sing-alongs and really going heavy with yeah the vocals and it's stuff. all it's all very sing-along stuff like i've never like from from today and i know everyone's gonna say it but like that time 
Keep Slipping or whatever song. Mm. Probably one of the best ending refrains ever written. Like, it's fucking... I don't, I don't know about that. Well, I'm saying there's the Beatles, <laughs> and then there's this. There's the Beatles, there's Great White. He'll take it I mean, I'll stack guy. it up against yeah, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Revolver? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a great outro, and like it just yeah, it's it, it's great. Like uh, so, a lot of the songs, uh, you guys are a very sing along band, you know, and that's it comes across well, like it's a lot. A, it's like an aerobics, you know. You make the you make the songs big, you get the good crowd reaction, then you kind of like mimic the crowd reaction in the recording process, and it feeds into itself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, it definitely works. You, like you could hear, and I think the and also what helps too is uh, the lyrics. The lyrics are pretty fucking relatable, you know, definitely. And and uh, I know it's hard because like eventually you just run out of shit to say, um, and sometimes like you'll just you know, God, maybe maybe I'm just thinking of myself, but like, how do you just keep writing lyrics? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if you went through everything I wrote, you could find plenty of, you know, repeated phrases and, and, you know, I mean, definitely ideas and, you know, I mean, I sing about like the same three or four things really, but uh, I don't know, you know, to me, writing lyrics is weird. Like I like to do it with, uh, like I'll sit with Phil and, you know, we usually, because we practice in the studio, we'll have, you know, we pretty much have all the songs recorded all the time as we're working on them. So there's always something that he'll just like throw it on, you know, on a loop and I'll sit and like, you know, just try to come up with stuff. With stuff. It is like when you practice and, and you record those practices, it helps so much. Like once oh, you yeah, have those constant things, you know, because if you don't record, which we don't, <laughs> but if you don't record, like it's almost like you lose it by next week. You're like, Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, but, for sure. um, now it's easy with an iPhone. You can just do it on an iPhone demo, which I do with all my yeah. other bands. But like, yeah, iron cheeks, like definitely works in a different way. Like no band I've ever been in where every idea is always recorded. Cause we're just practicing in Phil's little yeah. studio. And he'll set mics up because we're in the studio. So he'll have, you know, won't be like track for track, but he'll have like three or four room mics where he can like, raise the drums a little he's bit. an evil genius yeah. sometimes so, like, like, he can still <laughs> mess with it to make it sound better too if like you know yeah it's pretty wild it's I mean, performance or sometimes whatever. in between records like there'll be like 50 demos recorded of songs or ideas of songs oh, you yeah. know it's it's insane like i um, think he and i think because he takes it super serious because it's like, you guys are kind of, like, really, or maybe in my head, I'm just, like, romanticizing it. But, I mean, I feel like you guys are there. And this is the record that could push you where you guys can just do this for a living. You know, and I think maybe he takes that, you know, serious. And, like, you know, so it's, like, if you don't want to miss that one nugget that could be, like, the best song on the record. Right. You know? So it's, like, yeah, I, I feels, love that. Yeah, Phil's definitely weird to an extent where, like, he does consider that, but like, I can honestly say that he's just, he makes it for him and us, you know, he, he's probably cares least about if anybody likes anything we do and anyone in the band. He's very, uh, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> but he's, I mean, he's I mean, a genius. At least he as is. far as he admits. I mean, I think we all, you know, take sure. it to account. We want people to like it. Obviously we're not just going to like, you know, yeah, 
Like something could yeah. be fun, but it sounds bad. You know yeah, I mean? he's so very like, honest in his songwriting is what I'm basically yeah, yeah, getting at, real. where it's a genuine thing, you know. Even when, like back in the day, pressing records, he, you know, always like kind of underguesses himself where I'll only press a couple hundred records and I'll have to argue with him, Phil, like I need more records than that. Like people want this record, you know, so. And you figured, he, I mean, because like Latterman was a pretty... I feel like a pretty influential band. Like they did a lot of like, you know, I feel, do you think that it might've been harder for Iron Sheik if Latterman didn't exist? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just me playing in bands and touring so many years before that too. It's, it's hard. And you know, Phil really put the work in with Latterman. They did. So you know, much they, so. they, it's unfortunate that they seem to have like really clicked after they broke up. Like a lot of influential bands, you know, yeah. a lot of bands were like that. Well, that's know? part of why it worked for us too, <clears throat> right. because they like, they got left people wanting. And then, you know, us and reviver or whatever, and bridge and tunnel or whatever, all popped out. So people were like, at least willing to, to listen give it a shot it was definitely a big shoe in the door and definitely definitely have to but, credit some of the success of the band to that but band. also like if you guys sucked no one would have like people would have sure. stopped caring yeah so it just so happened the music speaks for itself ultimately yeah. you know but, and it's uh, like easy like for me like i'm such a big small arms dealer fan but i think that's more of like a musical fan it's like almost like your favorite band's favorite band Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like Chic is just so accessible and easy, like, you know what it is? Like, I Yeah, feel it's like, more accessible than Swarms, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know? I think, I think so. I yeah, mean, I love... Swarms, it was a very <laughs> On the last... We did an episode with, with, you know, the last episode, and we, we talked about uh, top five Long Island hardcore yes. albums, and I put his at number one, which right. is Small Arms Dealer. I mean... I don't listen to hardcore. <laughs> so I was like, I obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to borrow my hardcore albums? <laughs> Do you need to borrow Set It Off? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have it. So. I got Set It Off. You need to borrow that. <laughs> uh, but it was like Long Island. So yeah, you know, I threw yeah. in all the ones. But uh, the uh, patron scene of disappointment. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's. Because I got the record after, and I got the record before, but th that record... That was the, like, the good one, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that band's pretty important to the formation of Iron Sheik, absolutely. You know, like, that's how oh, yeah. me and Lebrano became friends. I was always, you know, I was a big fan of his bands growing yeah, up. Yeah, Phil, <coughs> Phil playing drums for us at the end. At Phil, the end, yeah. Yeah, Phil recording and playing smart, drums with Phil, small smart. arms, and that ended, and Iron Sheik came and that, to be. And it also, like, fell apart in a way where I was like, yo, I need to be in a band that, like, is a full-time band. So and like, you get, because you guys weren't touring. No, yeah, we never... I don't. We may not have even ever played out of state. I don't. Really yeah, Iron know. Cheek was like the first band you were touring in, right? Oh yeah, that one fest tour was the first tour I ever went on. Okay, I just want to ask you, what are some of the records that influenced you, Jay? Anything um, off the top? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have a lot of crossover <laughs> with Dumps on there, but I'd say as far as like punk goes, like Dillinger Four, Midwest and Songs was like a revelation of an album to me where it was like everything I liked about, you know, punk and heavy music and everything all, you know, it was heavy and it was melodic and it was like interesting, you know, and it was like super punk at all at the same time. And I liked that record so much that I would 
get this weird compulsion to buy it every single time I saw it. Like I just wanted to like, like I needed to. I was I didn't I How never many did copy. Oh. I didn't I didn't actually do it, but I had. It was like uh, Mel Gibson and uh, what the conspiracy theory movie or whatever, where he has to buy fucking not the phone call. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, he has to buy Catcher in the Rye every time he sees it or whatever. Okay. But it was like that. It was yeah. like a weird compulsion. Like I would be like, I know somebody could like would like this. Like yeah. I just want to pay money for it. I feel that. I feel you know? that. And I never felt like that about anything else. Wow, so um, that's that's the one right there. That was a big. So I tried one. to listen to it and it just didn't connect with me. I mean, I think it's it's like, I mean, you know, people will argue that other records of theirs are better or whatever, but like that's the one that like really, I don't know. It's like pretty much a perfect album. Did you make. catch any of their shows? Yeah, I mean, we played with them. Really? Yeah. What, over um, when they came here, we played with them. Three shows, four shows, something like that. No, I mean three. I don't know. I don't remember how many. And, like, we got to, you know, we've, like, hung out with them a few times. And that was, like, to me, that was the biggest, like, fuck, you know, like, this how, is, like, How was the set list? Uh, awesome. They, yeah. They're they fucking awesome every time. Even when they're bad, they're awesome. Yeah. Man. They actually, we played, when we played in Minneapolis, and... The first um, time, right? Yeah, at the Hex. And they were practicing, and it was, like, in one of their spans where they hadn't played in, like, a year or something like that. And they, like, happened to be practicing at uh, the Triple Rock... And they like came over and we had like met Patty already at that point, like once or twice and like, you know, talked about maybe doing stuff or whatever. And they were like, yo, we're going to like hop on the, the show in the middle of the set and just play like five songs. We we're like, fuck yeah, you know, yeah. do it. And Patty was like so shit faced. He was just like crashing and everything. He like at some point took his bass off and just threw it in the crowd and was just like they didn't. They were only going to play like three or four songs and they didn't make it through like two maybe. And it was like fucking crazy. And it was, I was just like, I can't believe this. Wow. You know, this is happening here to me. And then he uh, tried to do a cartwheel in the in the street and like fell and uh, bloodied his face up or whatever. And someone just like stuffed him in a cab and he went home. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so it was like all of like a half hour, 45 minutes of just like fucking craziness. And That's then, funny. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so like that was like through all your travels and playing music, because I mean, it's been a few years now that where you probably have rubbed elbows with like Descendants and like all these other bands. Like, was that like your favorite moment? Yeah, well, because it was like, we also it was like they were cool like really cool yeah. too you know what i mean and like i don't know it was just like yeah and like also the first time we met well one of the first times we met patty was like he like invited us to stay at his house and like was like you know bought us fucking like tacos yeah or throwback soda yeah yeah throwback uh mountain dew and like you know like all this fucking food and stuff so it was just like you know it was like surreal it was like yeah it you was know, like he found us in a parking lot we had nowhere to stay and oh really like, where are you guys going like where we, we went to go hang out at some bowling alley and everybody was at he's like where are you staying we're like oh we don't know he's like oh you fucking stay with me and he had all these tacos in his pants yeah. that he was sneaking into the bowling alley yeah gave us weed to like kung fu house on <laughs> i'm just like hell yeah <laughs> It was so wild. weed, tacos, <laughs> and kung fu. Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's five yeah, guys in the band. Though. How many tacos could he fit in his? He's band? a big guy. He's a big they guy. Were, they were in his, he had his shirt tucked in. They were in like his shirt. <laughs> cargo shorts. You could fit a lot of tacos. That is true. There. He probably had cargo shorts full of tacos. <laughs> Just like um, rang them out like Napoleon Dynamite with the tacos. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that was like you know that was a big one. Um Honestly, the record, and this is like, this is ridiculous. 
the record that made me want to play music was Ugly Kid Joe, whatever the name of that record was. As ugly they as they want to be. I yes. I think you were going to say that. <laughs> I don't think anybody would ever. No, I don't think anybody's ever said that. Something Yo, about it. it where's was that like, world premiere sound? <laughs> Punk I was like so into it and I wanted to like play guitar. It like made me want to play guitar. I don't know why. I, I think because it was like, because it was all like the songs were like dumb. You know what I mean? Like. It's like I could do this. It's also like a parents' worst nightmare kind of band, where it was like kind of bad to like Ugly Kid Joe. As bad as they want to be, that was the name. I was gonna say wasn't like Doggy Style or something. Yeah, got like you know Ugly Bazooka Joe flipping you off on the cover or whatever. And then Whitfield Crane. Actually, then the follow-up record they did Neighbors. I remember that single because it was terrible. They made a record like recently. Really. They took a long time off, obviously. Didn't they cover like Cat's Cradle too? Yes, they yeah, did. Right. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Um, wow. I guess you. It's funny when you get like popularity off of covering some classic song. Like I'd love to do. Well, that. they got big on their. Uh, they got big on the. They did, but then they kind of like I hate knocked everything it out. About that was you. probably their second single. Was the Cats in the Cradle? Probably. Yeah, I hate everything about you. Was like was number one. That was the one. Dun, 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 they were like he was like I think like mentored I... by like Ozzy Osbourne somehow. Well, it he worked. Like you like that? Or yeah, like some found band, or they just got a deal for their first record. Or yeah, and they like cover uh, Sweet Leaf on that first record too. And then he went on to sing for uh, Life of Agony. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. After, uh, I guess what was his? I mean, Mina. the guy from Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. Really? Whitfield Crane. Y- yes, Whitfield that's Crane. his name. Whitfield yeah. Crane. Yes, yeah. I know him. I like the guy from Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know him because he started dating you know, the Karen guy. Duffy, and I oh, love Karen Duffy from MTV. Uh, he was dating her, and I was Duff? like, "This guy, yeah, Duff." Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Blank Check. Wow, life has Blank Check. <laughs> I had no idea. Everyone thought that that guy's name was Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, did, I did. I didn't know his name was Whitfield. Whitfield. Joe is better. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, Ugly Kid Joe made you want to play music, but then uh, Dillinger 4 really topped you off. Yeah. That's Those it. are the only two records I like. <laughs> I can think of one that you're probably forgetting. What? One of your favorite, like, singer-songwriters. <laughs> singer-songwriters? Yeah. Elvis Costello. Oh yeah, I do love Elvis Costello. Um, Great songs. Yeah. Elvis Costello is like very. Uh, My aim is sure, right? That right. My aim is sure is, yeah. is, is. I mean, all really like the first three. Like, he's or, another uh, guy like Westerberg that wrote oh, really yeah, fucking sure. great fucking songs, even yeah. later into his career. Yes. Oh yeah, I mean he always. I mean like I don't really like a lot of the later stuff, but like it was always like good and interesting. Yeah. And all like you listen to some of his shit and it's like weird and dark, but it's like this poppy rock song or whatever. And he's like just singing about weird, like fucked up stuff. And you don't really notice it until you listen to it like a few times where you're like, you know, like he's comparing like a relationship to like Hitler and stuff, you know, and it's like it just really I don't know. And it's I love shit like that where it's like, you know, like when you find out semi charm kind of life or whatever it is, (laughs) is about meth. You're like, oh, fuck, really? But it's not even that it's like, oh, this song is about something weird. It's like the lyrics are fucked up. You just don't realize it. because It's like I love sweet. And like, that's how the Smiths were. The Smiths were like that. There were certain things. Also, fuck the Smiths, though. I fucking hate Smiths. I hate Morrissey. (laughs) I want that That's on the like record. I want passion. that on tape. Johnny, Johnny Marr, too? You don't like Johnny Marr? I mean, I've Good guitar player. And really, it's Morrissey that I don't like. I mean, I'm sure the music's fine. 
They get that. He a gets lot. if I put, I can't. And he's a fucking racist. and like fuck him. I like just you know like it's like the one thing I can't play in the van. Like no, I can, I'll, I'll I'll I can play like trap out. music and shit. And yeah, like, <laughs> they get down with it. I'll ma- we'll play mask off and get down or whatever. But as soon as the Smiths comes on, shut that shit up. <laughs> So yeah. spe- speaking no, speaking like of it. trap music, um, lately, like Mike and I have been trading back and forth with like hip hop stuff because we're really uh, super big hip hop fans. So is Brian. Yes. Um, I think I started shooting you some stuff because I know you fell out of the loop. And yeah, I kind of fell. Uh, there, there's what happened to me. You kind of did the same for me too. Yeah. You know, you kind of showed me like this whole new generation. Like as I just yeah. kind of wrote off new rappers. Yeah. All garbage, and you yeah. kind of showed me a lot of this. New it was York good to have shit. you as a filter, though, because there was a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, to, it's a lot to, to weed get... through on your own. <laughs> yeah, you do. You like, get discouraged right. pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. I I completely get it, and and like I was telling you earlier today, Mike. Um, as long as you hit play, you know you you're like you could knock something. I hate when like older people or people our age, because I guess we're old. Yeah. Um, they just were, you know, they're like, oh, music died in 1992. It's like, wait, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? That's, yeah. that's as, a, as like being in a band and running a label, it's probably one of the most infuriating things to me where people say like, oh, there's no good new bands. There's no good modern music. There's no good new punk yeah. or whatever it is, you know. It's the most bullshit cop-out excuse it's, for being disconnected. You know, also because of the fact there's so much music yeah, that there is straight is. up a band playing whatever the fuck dumb thing that you think is better than modern music right now anyway. Yeah. They're playing more, something that sounds just like it. I so get, you can't even on that level I say there's right. no it, It's a little you know? daunting to some people. Well, too, I think people, there's more stuff out there and available yeah. that where it used to just be kind of presented to you sure. a little it's, bit it's and now you have overlooked. to put in some work you have to put you in some I mean? work but it's also saturated. means something you saturated yeah. anybody can can make their own music and put it on the internet now it's so easy so there's exactly there is more music now than there ever was i argue it's easier know? to be heard but it's just e- harder to be heard if it's important to you you'll find it you will it's out there but, and you know. so like for for certain things like if he'll post something like i really started getting into ty Segal once you started posting it because i'm like i always hear it and I, I like it and then like you'll play a video and i'm like ah oh, fuck i'm like this is really good um, so there's always people who will post something that I'm like, okay, like you'll hit play. Yeah. I'll hit play. Like anything that you release, like the, the, the Toms fucking great. Yeah. I'm great listening to that stuff and like the melodies just hit you right away. And I'm like, this is like extra good, you know? So that's why when with hip hop, like I just never lost touch with that. Same thing with thrash. Yeah. You know, certain things I just never lost touch with. Um, but the new crop, once, like, Action Bronson started coming around, um, Joey Badass, like, the whole pro era, like, mm-hmm. loaf music. Um, I think... When's nin- that album coming out? I don't know. Jesus. But they, they do have that one on Bandcamp, though. Holy shit, though. But pro era released that mixtape, and then, like, Joey Badass's mixtape, 1999, is flawless. Oh, yeah. Like, it sounds like, n- not even 1999, it sounds like 1994. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds like complete just stuff that we would like, but then he also hates, because I hear it, you know, um, to be called a 90s hip-hop dude. So yeah. I feel like with this new record, 
he was just like, oh, I'm going to go do something else because I'm not a, you know, like a 90s revivalist. Sure. Well, that's what I feel like Devastated was. It was like his take on modern hip hop. Yeah. And he crushed it. Yeah. He was like, I can take this easy song and it's just the hook repeats over and over more than a verse. And it's got a modern beat and stuff, but it's it's really fucking good. That's great. He can really do anything. He really can. Because if you're talented like he is, you can take that avenue where someone you know like you know not to knock like uh who's that little yachty like right listen he is appealing to someone you know and like someone i don't get it i don't know that person (laughs) i don't get it but it's just weird because i can't tell that person that that this dude doesn't mean something but i don't think i'm his target audience yeah i don't get it but it's not made for me. It's yeah. somebody else enjoys it. Who the hell am I to it's say It's like, anything, da- but, it's dance you know. music. It's just like, you know, it's just sounds. It's not like, to me, I don't know. Yeah, music has evolved into so much crossbreeding of stuff, you know. This is, these are the same shows where kids are mosh pitting and slam dancing at trap shows. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have colored hair and shit that we would get beat up for when we were kids. It is. Yeah, they do have, like, that that very flashy style now for, like, a lot of those younger, like, uh, you know, those younger hip-hop shows. I don't think, like, the complexity of the rhymes are as important, though, as some... It's not. It's like I mean? it's just. It's like an. It's like another instrument. It's sad a little bit about it. And because, like, if you take some of the... Not all of them, but, like, the MCs that are... You know, doing well commercially and whatever, and that aren't that bad and stuff. If you if if they came out in the mid '90s, they would be like a blip on the radar compared to some of the shit that was. Yes, you know what I mean. But still, but when you different. you look at the top sellers, though, Kendrick Lamar is a lyricist. Yes, well, Jay that's what Cole I'm saying. There are lyricists, guys, but Jake, like these are the people. Even Drake, when he wants to be, he's a lyricist. Yeah. He's a lyricist, but I think he gets his audience. He knows who his audience really is, mm-hmm. and every now and then he'll shoot out like a like a lyricism song. Mm-hmm. But like his, he's not making millions of dollars off of hip hop heads. Yeah, it's know? like right. modern. Hey, he's it's like pop songs. It's yeah, pop. Yeah. He's writing yeah, pop. Yeah, I was songs. just gonna say it's like modern pop, and like that's how a... when we talk about modern country, same thing. It's like the Ugh. somehow these people repackaged pop music and threw a banjo in there, yeah. and they're like, okay. This is now country music, but when you listen to modern country, you're like, this doesn't even sound like country. A lot of modern country is straight up pop punk songs with clean guitars and twangy vocals. That's it. And like a a lap steel or something. Yeah, with like a a shot of patriotism. (laughs) A flag somewhere. A flag somewhere, (laughs) and and that's what it is. And I think a lot of those people are like, they'll look at like the commercial hip hop left and they'll be like, fucking hate those kids. Hate those kids. Like, I'll take, I'd rather listen to Brad Paisley or whatever garbage is on the right and be like, oh, yeah, uh, th- you know what? This is my team to the right. Well, ha- yeah, it happens with every genre, you know. It's something gets a style of it becomes popular, and then it just, something different wants to come out, and it becomes watered down, and, you know, it happened with pop punk, you know what I mean? It happens Hair with, metal. you know, it, this is what, it's 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 Master P and No Limit, like, all over again. When that shit came out, people, like, hated it, I feel like. Yeah. And now I feel like it's respected more than it was, because, like, that's what all these kids are coming up on. Bone Thugs and Harmony somehow is classic, and I'm yeah. thinking, like, wait, you guys sucked back then. How <laughs> yeah. dare you? You know? <laughs> but now people romanticize, like, Bone it Thugs. It all comes in waves like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look how, it, I mean, Nirvana basically killed off, like, all those 80s hair bands overnight. 
You know what I mean? But there's a revival of that era of rock and roll. Like people, you know, there's just yeah, it's all what, cyclical. Look yeah. what happened after grunge. We got like your Nickelbacks and your Creeds. Like you always get yeah. the watered down the, bullshit. The Yarl bands. Yeah. yeah. Now we're back to the now we're back to the grunge part of the cycle where everybody wants to be a grunge band. I just read that they're uh, they're making a grunge musical for Broadway. <laughs> oh, really? That's when you yeah. it. <laughs> I was like waiting for like yep. the joke face. No, <laughs> the joke face ain't coming. No, it's a sad face. But uh, I mean, it's bound. It was bound to happen. I don't know if it singles the musical or if it's whatever, but yeah. they they are gonna, you know, that's when what happens hit, though. When you hit the musical stage, it's like the ultimate evolution of lameness. Of lameness, you know. Like, I think yeah. I mean, it's all hit Broadway at some point. Metal, yeah. punk. I guess. Green well, Day I don't went, know. I Green mean, Day you know, was you on got Broadway. The Who on on Broadway too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But yeah. But there's something to be said about because I'm sure if, if whoever has those things in their in their CD player or iPod or whatever it is, I think it's safe to say the rest of their music is just kind of like this, like, top of the crust, like, you know, just like, it's like, now that's what I call music, volume 800 or shit, you know? So, um, all right, so to finish up here, um, let's talk real quick. Like, I I asked you to to make a a list of, like, five movies that have stuck with you because as we sit here, I'm looking at all these, like, like, like everything from Garbage Pail Kids to the awesome zombie Fulci movie. Um, a lot of like Italian gore stuff, yeah. even the devil's reject. So like uh, movies definitely have a huge part in your life. Um, do you remember when like you started being fascinated with horror? Uh, probably just um, the same way. Like every kid from, you know, my era around my age, just seeing those fucking VHS boxes in the yeah. video store that just intrigued Mom me so much. Shops, like yeah. that, 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 you know, 80s, 90s, early 90s horror, like those VHS boxes, like sometimes were better than the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and that really got me. I remember going to Video City up the road here and just renting horror movies that I shouldn't be watching and watching them in the dark. And you know, like, <laughs> I you know I've always loved movies. I'm not a big regular like movie guy. Like I watch movies all the time, but I mean 90% of the movies I watch are definitely horror movies. Uh but yeah, I've been like heavily obsessed for a solid for decade well. now. Yeah, uh, I think in those mom and pop shops like that's like you would walk by and like the bigger the case, like you see like Gorgon video on oh, yeah. it mm-hmm. and like all these like like you just it was like, like a t- fucking art, man. Like how they yeah. used to sell those tapes with that artwork. Like it was it was cool. That was like a very important yeah, they, part. They, of they that. do it now. We like, had like retro yeah. throwback like VHS. Yes, we, about Mark. we yeah. had Mark Schoenbach um, who runs a company. Well, it's just Sadist him. Art. Sadist Art Designs mm-hmm. and he makes these like retro posters and he kills it he did the beautiful if you've ever seen the the cover for beyond the gates which is on netflix right so he does like like what you do for shirts and all this other shit he does these retro 70s and 80s flavored posters and they like they just make you want to watch the movie regardless of what it is absolutely yeah so it's it definitely like total big bucks VHS style. Yeah. Yeah, That's the shit. I used to have a rule when getting tapes. If like there was no scenes on the back, I wouldn't rent it because it was almost guaranteed to be bad. 
No some back. scenes in the back. Like still wow. shots from the yeah, movie. Like, yeah, if there was no actual still. If the only thing you got a point that there. you could see <laughs> just text. was a painting or like <laughs> oh, okay. an illustration and nothing from the actual Not movie. Because on the really gory movies, they would show you like the, 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 like the, the kill scenes. Yeah, there was usually yeah, like yeah. three, yeah. you know, three, three or four, you know, or one or whatever, like, you know, shot on the back of something from the actual movie. You're saying they couldn't even produce one good freeze frame <laughs> yeah, still exactly. yeah right. you're you not getting get, mine yeah. 299 yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> you can't get my one <laughs> i mean you know it took a while i got burned quite a few times before well know. that's how it is with horror fans especially now with like netflix and certain movies um you just take a chance on these movies because everything sounds good you know everything's still like when you describe a horror movie it just sounds great and then you watch it and you got to dig through a lot of shit oh, to yeah. find i like gem. to think people are savvy as as us with horror though like you can tell almost sometimes i used to never bail on a movie yeah. but now with like streaming like just from the cover sometimes if you see like a red box or something like that i'm like i know that's gonna suck there's, there's, there's no thought to there's a weird anymore. difference yeah, between when a movie's bad now and when it was bad in the 80s or like there's the a charm to because, it when it was bad yeah i mean it was like <laughs> a bad movie like they still had the they needed like cameras and film and like yeah. somebody was putting at least mo- some kind of money into it. So it like, yes, you know, now it's a... like CGI terrible or even, yeah. Yes. Or even what, you know, or even just like the, like the cameras are too nice and like everything's, you know, it just, I don't know. It's just like, it's just bad. It's I not agree. like fun. I agree. It doesn't have the charm like of those kind of flicks that you could still enjoy oh, yeah. that aren't like perfect movies, but the, you know, part of it maybe is nostalgia because I watched it when I was a kid or something like that. But it's almost like if they if they go for camp now, it's like intentional, like a like, like Sharknado. A Sharknado. Sharknado, exactly. Fuck Sharknado. It's like we're purposely making this like yeah. wink, wink, whatever the yeah. fuck. No, it has to happen by accident. Yeah, yeah this guy has to think he's making something great. great horror movie. Yeah, yeah that, it has to be Troll Two. Yeah, it has to be the yeah. Italian director. Yeah. I'm so forgiving with those '80s movies. I can watch like. Even 70s movies are pure garbage horror <laughs> and like love it. And like, I'm so biased with modern horror, I don't really watch it, you know, unless someone like Sam or someone like you're my Bird filter for that. Too. Someone I know yeah. is like, you have to watch this movie, this one. I'm yeah. very like biased about it. You I know? told you about The Void. Did you watch The yeah, Void? Yeah, I didn't watch The Void. Yeah. Did you watch The Void? I didn't see it yet, but a couple people have told me about it. So I it's definitely want to it. It's my favorite out. horror movie of the year. And it's just like, what would you think of it? Um, I thought like I got a I got a little overhyped by the artwork and the trailer and stuff because it was like so much up my alley that like you know I was like really excited for it and I liked it and I liked it for a lot of the reasons I thought I was gonna like it but um, I was a little bit like overall disappointed and like I'm far enough away from having watched it that I can't really think of anything in particular that bothered me about it off the top of my head, but it was like, I thought it was like a solid B plus, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. It I was can, good, but like, I can give you, yeah, it I, wasn't, it wasn't like as awesome as I was expecting. Some it people be. thought it like hated it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's silly. And I think, yeah. you know, if you, if you, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a little bit the thing. I knew it was going to be a mm-hmm. little weird, you know, body horror and like weird, like cosmic, stuff and all that shit I'm into a lot of nods a lot of great nods yeah well that's what it is I think it was a collection of great nods and it didn't really have the story of its own to make it like really good you know it's on Netflix now they just added it 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 is it is I mean it's it's worth worth watching for sure so and I like those I like that like what uh 
like Space Lab or whatever. Uh, what are they called? The uh, the guys who like the production company that like did that movie. Oh, I don't know. They did. Uh, they did that. They did. Um, like fucking. Uh, God, I can't think of it now. Uh, that really like goofy movie. Oh, Manborg. Oh, um, wow! Did they? <laughs> uh, Father's Day. That trauma oh, movie. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I went to the, scre- the screening of of Father's Day. Um, did you? I can't yeah. think of the name off the top of my. But it's like it's got. Oh, uh, it's like Vectron Six or something like cool, that. Cool, something cool, cool. Like, I didn't whatever. know that. Oh, that I makes sense. Um, so and like w- in also watching it in that sense of a progression through like the shit that they've made. It's like wow, you know, like yeah, they really are like. Honing their craft, you know, like and that. it's like cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know um, that they were, and, and I think it's because that's like the first kind of like serious. It was serious. Movie the other two were not so serious. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was a lot of weird shit in the other ones. <laughs> yeah. But I think, and I think sides. it's you know, it's it's suffered for even some of the same reasons that those movies, you know, whatever the similar issues that that I had with those movies too, or whatever. But those were also like intentionally. You know, weird or campy or whatever it is. They all can't be out for justice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So let's do five movies that that basically have stuck with you through through your life. You know, whatever they are, whatever genre. Right, you know, we'll, we'll we'll definitely start with the movie that I've liked the longest. That's yeah. been one of my favorite movies since I was like, I can't even remember. Is the Muppet movie the yeah. original Muppet movie? Those songs are killer um, in there. I'm a huge, huge <coughs> Muppet fan, huge Henson fan. Henson fan, yeah. Fraggle Rock, Labyrinth, Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal Doesn't he have like a museum or something? Yeah, there's actually, they had uh, a couple of years ago for my birthday, I actually went to Museum of Moving Image where they had in uh, Queens or Brooklyn. Okay. And they had the Henson exhibit and it was traveling. And now it actually just permanently moved there. Okay, so I, I got to like go there. And yeah, they had right. a lot of original puppet shit from the movies. It was really cool. I but yeah, ch- the Muppet movie is... It was un- big for me growing up. fucking believable sure. to me. Yeah. I loved... I, lo- I just loved it. I loved the songs that all stuck in my head as a kid. And yeah. People yeah. don't make movies like that anymore. You know, like Henson movies, like Muppet movies in yeah. particular. Even like the newer ones. It's just not the same amount of work that they put into that and writing a all lot the songs of work. and you know huge Muppet guy yeah so that's definitely up there uh, definitely my favorite horror movie of all time the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre definitely nice. that those are my two probably top favorite movies ever those two, weird mix Muppet movie and Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> but, but they, like it's ju- so gritty like it looked like a documentary grittiest Right? Yeah. It was so, it fucked with you so bad. You think there's so much blood in it. There's so many scenes you think you see it happen and you don't. It's yeah. just. The two biggest are the the clonk on the head. The mm-hmm. hook and the hook. When he yeah. slams that fucking door. Because it, it looks like, mm-hmm. like so what's vicious, go that angry, yeah. like so, like the intent is terrible. Some yeah. people will swear that you see her go up on the hook and you yeah. don't. You know, I think they use like a pint of blood in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. it was like nothing. You know, just a puddle on the floor. I wonder. I wonder if the parts. hitchhiker really did cut himself though. I think I listened to the director commentary, but I I, own, I know I did, but it was a long time ago. I can't remember that part. I remember the cast talking about how hot. And it was like torture was, yeah. and how bad it smelled from all the you know the animal bones and the food and yeah. and the rotted whatever the fuck in the Texas sun. Yeah, I remember reading about the making that movie. It was, it was just like a nightmare. And like they probably got paid like nothing, nothing. nothing yeah. Work like fifteen hour days in yeah. the hot. Fucking... Franklin deserved it though. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Everybody was rooting for Franklin to die. We all know he that. might be one of the most hated. When you talk about hated characters in horror movies, he's oh, absolutely, top five. He's up there for everybody. Yeah. Him and the I'll always say the stuttering kid from Halloween Five. That, <laughs> he could not die fast enough. For me, you know, just j- 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 Jamie. all right what else we got all right i guess if we continue with horror uh he's totally reading up the posters i'm I'm thinking but (laughs) i'd say the movie that that got me into like i'm really big into giallo movies and fulci in particular argento you know a bunch of them but zombie was like the first uh Italian movie I saw that yeah. kicked my fucking ass. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. Best zombie movie of all time, I think. Ooh. And best looking zombies, amazing special effects. Also, super low budget movie, really interesting story budget. how they made it. Eye gore. Yeah, it's crazy. The splinter in the eye. Fucking uh, zombie fighting a shark, yo. Yeah. yeah. Totally yeah, real on. shark, too. Yeah, the they, girl, they sedated it, right? The girls were definitely like, not the ugliest. Nah, no, all <laughs> nah. those movies, seventies, seventies yeah. babes, and all those yeah. movies, yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely zombie. Yeah, that definitely. zombie on the cover though, that's the best. Yeah, that, that. Although someone pointed out to me, what was it to make like that they didn't have enough to cover. Somebody on the horror nerd group yeah. ruined this poster. For you ruined. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have enough to make his shoulders. Yeah, shit. No, nah, like, just every a, time I see it, I like notice. I that met shoulder. that guy actually. It's like, a de- really? Dead bag. Oh, I thought he was wearing like a shirt. <laughs> Nah, I don't know what that is. Somebody Maybe. totally ruined it. For me. Cool. He's not looking. wearing a shirt. He's not wearing a white shirt. I don't think so. I don't know. Coolest looking zombies, definitely. Yeah, yeah he's up there with Tarman. Oh, are like Tarman. Tarman. Yeah. Tarman is probably the, the best two. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, Tarman is easily one of the best. Yeah. I like so the sick. flannel dude from Dawn of the Dead too. The guy oh, yeah. that walks in there. The Flyboy, red, yeah, yeah. Red flannel. Yeah, he's sick too. Harry Krishna zombie too. Yeah. <laughs> See the one that he gets his does he get his head chopped off with no. the helicopter? Or? That's that Frankenstein looking motherfucker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His like his head's so humongous you like you know that shit's gonna get it's got like bolts in his neck. I always right? feel like my head's humongous. Every time I look in the mirror. It's not get chopped off by a helicopter. Not humongous. yet. I haven't been by a helicopter in a while. So. And he climbed up on that crate. He was just asking for it. <laughs> yeah, He's like, what? yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, speaking of Vermeer, I mean, Dawn of the Dead's up there. It's it's hard for me, but I'd have to say if I had to pick, Day of the Dead, definitely. Day. Me too. Day, Day, Day is definitely one of my favorite horror movies. Oh, ever. Day's a Day uh, is Dawn of the Dead kind of sucks. Like it's a it's a Dawn of the Dead's but great, but know. Day just like. The special effects are so sick, you know. Yeah. Bub, Ow. so many good elements, and it's just dread. It, there's no hope in that movie yeah, whatsoever. There's no because even if they get out of wherever they're at, there is nothing to look forward to. No, like there's nothing to look forward to. It's like, it's claustrophobic. It's like because uh, they're stuck in that thing, and it shows you really mankind turning on itself. Yeah. Feeding on it. Yeah, Rhodes was a You know dick. what I mean? Like, but that's <laughs> yeah. that's society right there. Yeah. You lock all these people together, they will, you know, just self-destruct themselves because that's human tendency. It is true. It's, it's depressing. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad God, I'm get getting really sad. Because, like, I feel like most people go for Dawn, definitely. Most people do go for I Dawn. I do love Dawn because it's the first horror movie, like, I fell in love with. Sure. And I have that aspect, but the... I go day. You know, I got to pay respect to it, too, really, because, yeah. like, Zombie and all those movies were just a rip of Dawn of the Dead. You know, they yeah. were trying well, to make Zombie 2. Yeah, sure. I mean. Yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah. Technically. Cool. It was there. It was Fulci's sequel. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
You're an Argeno fan, you said, right? Yeah, big You Argeno. like the Argeno cut of that? I, you know, I it's haven't good. seen it. I have, like, the whole box set, and I know there's, like, a three different versions of yeah. the movie on it or something, but I've never seen the, that there's one. There's the U.S. theatrical. There's that three-hour one, which is basically the regular <laughs> movie, and then the part where the bikers come in. It's just, like, an hour and a half long. <laughs> is that, like, Tom the Euro- just, like... Is that, like, the European up. cut of it or something like that? I think the European cut is Argento's. It's the okay. circumcised one. Yeah, and it's good. <laughs> it might even be better than I gotta Romero's cut. It's, it's really that. good. Yeah. yeah. No love for demons. Oh, love demons is sick. Demons but that—that's a movie I got into later. Like, Me there's too. like a handful yeah. of horror movies that I knew of forever that I haven't seen until the last couple of years. Demons, fucking Phantasm. You know, a lot of those movies that I just kind of skipped over that I like. I've never seen a phantasm, like, phantasm movie. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. See, that's really? the thing. I, it was this year yeah. for me, and I always knew the name, always wanted to, knew the characters, and I finally watched it. I got to do and it. And it was fucking amazing. It's sick. It's actually a great, like, the first couple, like, first three years, like, I mean, yeah, the I've first seen the one's f- the best. I've seen the first two. The two second is one awesome. awesome. Yeah, second really one, good. I think the second one might be my favorite. Everyone, be everyone the likes first. the yeah. second one better. Well, that's the, where the, with the quad shotgun and, and there's more, Reggie starts being a fucking badass. Yes. You know? and yeah, more he let me borrow him. There's more tall man in it. Yeah, that guy was great. But you, oh, you gotta watch. You gotta that watch shit, it. You gotta watch it. Yeah, because demons yeah. I saw within like maybe the last seven or eight years. Demons. Oh, it's fun, man. It's amazing. So much fun. It's a lot of fun. It's like the prosthetics. Like it's just. It's like Return of the Living Dead kind of yeah. fun. Mm. Italian yeah, Italian style, style kind of yeah. fucking batshit crazy. You know the yep. zombies. You got one more in you. One more, yeah. I mean, this is another just like a, rare, a classic movie, kind of surprising, I guess. Kristen hates that I've watched this movie so many times, but it's always been one of my favorite movies. Is you know. Corny enough, Scarface. Yeah, I, you know, it gets a bad rap. You know what I mean? Because of not in my house. No, we're way, no, we're way but, too uh, Spanish to, to give yeah, that a bad rap. I think it's just Sam's a got fucking, a velvet painting of that fucking Al Pacino <laughs> of his bed. Probably yeah. <laughs> every '90s hip hop head did, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But incredible movie. I think one of my favorite movies of all time. Just That's I could watch it over. Whenever and over it's on and over. TV, it's one of those. My, like, unless stop. it's on Channel Eleven, because I don't want to. Because then you got to see all the good parts. I don't. But he's just like, where'd you get a scar like that from? He's like eating pineapple. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sometimes that shit wait, is funnier what? though, because you already know the lines. Yeah, it's I like, guess. How are they gonna get but what that? I like about that is, uh, Al Pacino has a Spanish accent in it, yeah. thick Spanish accent, mm-hmm. yet can't speak a word of Spanish in the movie. No. Weird, like wait, it's like wait. So how do you have a Spanish accent? You can't speak Spanish, like, and he, like, he doesn't speak it in the actual movie. Like his mom's talking to him in Spanish, yet he's just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so stupid. Just like we talked about John Voight having that that accent in Anaconda. We're oh. Like, why the fuck does he have an accent? <laughs> does he, you don't? Need, there's nothing about the character. That needs an yeah. accent in Anaconda. Yeah. Well, in the, that was him just being like, I'm going to make an actor's choice because <laughs> yeah. I'm in this fucking stupid ass movie. I think, and I used to I think be I know the character ones. and he has this type of accent. I'm going to give him back and director. It's like, whatever. <laughs> fucking shoot this shit. <laughs> yeah, Get whatever. the fucking fake snake. Shut up. <laughs> in, uh, in defense of Scarface, I'll say this, that if he grew up around people that spoke with accents, you could like... You know, develop an accent. I think. What you talking? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what you talk like. 
I guess. Fly Pelican. Yeah. <laughs> Fly Pelican. But great movie. Great ending. That was one of oh, those yeah. movies. Probably one of the greatest endings ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I hopefully we're not spoiling it for anyone, you know. <laughs> if you haven't seen Scarface, <laughs> it's your own If you haven't seen Scarface, shut but off the show now. From his sister trying to kill him, him yeah. killing his best friend. Yeah. That movie and, made me feel like things that a movie never made me feel when I was, like, super young. Like, it was, it's a dark movie. It's a know? fucking Real dark. really dark movie. Yeah, I love it. It's great. You know, like, his relationships with his family. I mean, they killed his best friend because he was banging his sister, which, like, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, and the fact that none of them were even Hispanic, like Stephen Bauer, Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio, Robert Loja, Manny's not a Stephen Bauer. Maybe he's a half seat, but that's about it. Like they were all Italian. They were just like, all right, budget budget calls for Italians. The mama made the call. You know, so. But uh, okay, Uh, do you have any movies that you want to throw in there, Jay? Sure. Um, uh, for horror, my favorite horror movie is. Um, I want to shout out my my trivia partner here too. I forgot. Oh, right. He's part of the mutants at Table Nine. Uh, yeah, you I guys heard won. About you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did win last week. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was playing a stupid show at Beerus. It wasn't um, stupid. It was fun. <laughs> Why I can't think of the fuck. Oh, uh, the thing is probably oh, yeah. my my number one horror movie. It's. Like, yeah. what can you say? Fuck yeah. It's like, it's the most fucked up, like, I don't know. And it's like, and I'm not even a big, like, um, like, you know, I'm fine with CGI for the most part, you know. I mean, yeah, sometimes it sucks, but like, you know, I don't, I don't freak out about there being a lot of CGI, but like, nothing will ever look as like good or... That defibrillator scene. Yeah, it's, that's oh. like the, like, who... You you never like the first time you watched that, and I was probably like fucking ten. I don't know, you know what I mean. And I'm just like, what the fuck yeah, is yeah. happening? Like this, you, you never even think of the body. You, like it's not even like a a hole that was already there. It, like created a new hole, made teeth in it, bit the guy's arms off, then his head rips off and turns into a turns fucking into, spider yeah. and runs away upside down. You know, all within the span of five fucking minutes. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, what yeah. the fuck? You know, it's I don't know. It's great. It's the best like. You know, it's got it's got the craziest monsters you'll ever see in a movie. It's got fucking the paranoia, yeah, you the know, paranoia. isolation. It's fucking almost like Day of the Dead, same kind of like, yeah. yeah. It's like isolated. Everyone's looking at each other, yeah. yeah, yeah. And to the you know to the very end, and you still don't you know really know. No, yeah. Um. So that's it's great. My my all time favorite movies are a time. Midnight Madness. I used to love Midnight Madness. I did love Midnight Madness. Beefy. <laughs> um. <laughs> My all-time favorite movies uh, are Ghostbusters and Goodfellas. That's like my tie. Goodfellas, my favorite movie. It's hard to like. They're different, obviously. So it's like, you know, they're 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 number one for different reasons. But like, I could watch. I couldn't tell you that one was you know better than the other. I could watch those anytime. They're you know what I thought you were gonna say? What? Crank two. Crank two. (laughs) You love that movie. High voltage. Yeah, Crank, <laughs> Crank One and Two are the best movie that just gets better and better over the course. Like if you just watch them back to back, it's like this movie I that love just Crank. gets more and more amazing them. as it goes on, and then it just ends like. Four I th- hours I I love it. I th- I think it was almost like the bridge from like the Guy Ritchie movies right. mm-hmm. to like what he became, uh, Jason Statham. 
um, likable guy, likable actor, and like the action in it is just ridiculous. And the actual just plot of the movie is so fucking absurd, but it works because once you buy into the absurdity, you're like, fuck it, I'm in for the ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's I love that kind of like hyperkinetic like. Did you like Hardcore Henry? I love Hardcore Henry. I, I, I really liked Hardcore Henry. Like, I, you know, yeah, it's got like the the kind of dumb gimmick, but like, I think that's that scene where he, where they're on the motorcycle coming up on the uh, on like the caravan of vans or whatever, and they're just like he's just like chucking grenades and fucking shooting them and all that stuff. It's like probably one of the fucking like best filmed action scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I think it's like amazing it's ridiculous it's it's a lot it's like the raid it's like raid one and two like the, the action is like i made you watch that though when's the raid three coming out yeah, yeah oh they, they kill people in that movie in almost every possible way yes that you can I kill somebody this. oh it's it's great like it's without even being movie. i mean it is kind of gory i mean there's some pretty gory <laughs> it's parts very but, gory. uh <laughs> cool yeah there's like yeah there's a lot of good kills in that all movie. right ghostbusters and, and goodfellas and that's it. Awesome. Uh, all right, cool, man. So this this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks to the Thank you the Dead Broke yeah. Records Thank and, you. and Iron Sheik and Adult Magic and Wax Phantom and every other band that you guys do. Um, so can't wait to hear the new Iron Sheik record. I'm sure everyone's going to love it. I'm sure you guys are going to, I don't know, do something huge, make a video. You guys are going to be... Maybe come back on a show to promote. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, huge like that. You guys, you guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, yeah, totally. Once we get 200 listeners instead of... Actually, Close. no. Yeah. We're over that, aren't we? I think Some, so. Yeah, occasion. people like listen to our show, which is weird, so... Yeah. I like it, but I think it's only our friends. So. <laughs> but still, that's still None fun. None of my friends are listening, so right. they're yours. All right, mine and Parker's. <laughs> so. It was a but, lot of fun, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for doing it. Thank you. And uh, that's it. We'll check out the record and fucking that's it. Cool.